Hey everybody, welcome to the Row Hunting Resources Podcast. Um, we are just going to just dive in. Uh, well, first of all, I guess, um, Happy New Year. Um, happy New Year, everybody. I hope everybody's holidays were good. And uh, yeah, no, I don't know if it's going to be a Happy New Year. Let's just say New Year, maybe. Or um, how about we can just get behind, you know, good riddance to 2020. I think a lot of us can can wrap our heads around that. Even if some of us did well... All the other crap that was going on in 2020 was just a little bit, uh, yeah, well, it was 2020, and and we're going to dive into that a little bit uh, today, but realistically, this is, uh, there's just no two ways about it. There's just no two ways about it. This is, this podcast is going to kick off 2021 for Row Hunting Resources, and you're going to hear me talking about a lot of different things. Some of those things may or may not directly relate to hunting. Other other ones are going to have a uh, like hunting adjacent, so there, it's going to be a topic that there's some crossover with hunting, and this is one of them. Uh, and then there's going to be the other ones that are just pure on, just hunting-related. Um, this, you know, the bread, bread and butter stuff that I do normally, uh, but I'm also going to dive into some different topics because I think we need to start heading into a different world as far as some of the topics that we need to talk about and, and what some of you have messaged me and that you are interested in, and then giving, given the uh, future political climate that we seem to be heading into, uh, I think there are going to be some things that we need to talk about because there, there could be some changes. And that is the, the, the reason why I'm sitting in front of the microphone right now. I was not ready to launch into this today per se. I have stacks of topics that I want to dive into and I have them, I'm trying to organize my thoughts or was, was trying to organize my thoughts to try to figure out how to wade into a lot of these new discussions that there just is no way to do it other than jumping in headfirst today because of some of the things that I'm seeing. Um, so, well, I guess there you go. So, buckle up. What, what is the adage? You get in, sit down, shut up. You know, get in, sit down, buckle up, shut up, and hang on. Yeah, well, that's going to be the Row Hunting Resources podcast, at least for today and, and possibly, quite likely, some others in the future. So let's go. All right. So, Chris, what's been going on in 2020? We haven't seen you doing a lot of content. We haven't seen a lot of videos. We haven't seen, we haven't listened to, you know, you haven't done a lot of podcasts. What's been going on? Okay. We'll answer that truthfully, um, in depth. Well, it, it will come out over time in depth. I can't just do one right now because there's just too much to unpack. And then the other question I've been getting lately is, Chris, why the political posts? Why are you using the Row Hunting Resources platform to push out this blah 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 blankety blank? Put in the expletives now. Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna apologize to you right now. Let's just pause. Okay, pause. Listen to me. Listen to me. I will always on my educational stuff try to um, keep everything. G to PG rated because I know there's a lot of people that share the educational stuff and the hunting related stuff with their family and they want to learn from it and there really is no reason to be using flower lang- you know, flowery language. 
I'm going to be honest with you. Heavy doses of flowery language are a part of who I am. If you come out and you hunt with me, if you come out and spend... Now, not just on a... On a if, if we are just a, you are the hunter, I am the, the guide or whatever, or the educator or whatever, we're going to keep it clean. But if we start becoming friends, we start having real conversations, we start, you know, just having a beverage and sitting back and, and just shooting the shit. Oh, there it is. Yeah, we're just sitting around shooting the shit. That, then I'm, I'm, I am going to use curse words, flowery language. Um, that will always come out more and more the more passionate I am about a topic. And uh, so guess what? Some of these topics and some of these conversations we're going to have, I am going to use four-letter words. And... I'm going to try to minimize it. However, again, that's who I am. It's part of the passion that I have. And some of these things, it, it's it's funny. Ah, oh, geez, Pete. Again, rabbit holes, man. I'm, I'm telling you, the stacks of ideas and the things I want to talk to you about are thick. Ah, I don't want to go down too many rabbit holes. I'm going to try to keep this concise. Point being, there's going to be some swearing or cursing in some of these uh, podcast episodes. I'll try to put a little thing on there that says it may, maybe there's going to be cursing or whatever. So if you don't want to listen to it, then just don't listen to it. I don't care. Don't listen to it. If you have, if you want to listen to it and you got kids in the car and you don't want to hear it, well then put it on, you know, put your headphones in or just save it for when you're on your way to and from work or the grocery store or whatever. And the kids aren't there. All right. Just, just be judicious about how you listen. Don't, Assume, and this is this is where I'm going to go. The fact that we have so many people that want other people to live their lives so that they're so person A wants person B to live person B's life in a manner that makes person A more comfortable. I'm sorry. That's it's it's getting out of hand. I will do everything in my power to minimize the flowery language to the greatest extent, but it will be here because I am going to start having some very, very brutally honest discussions with you on certain topics and not even just political topics, but hunting related topics. We, I, I have avoided a couple of very controversial topics in the past. Um, Jay Scott, you guys have heard me on Jay Scott podcast all the time and Jay has wanted... Uh, for years on a couple of topics, he's wanted me to weigh in because he knows that I have significant experience in the political realm dealing with some of these organizations and these, these um, yeah, nonprofit groups, sportsmen's organizations, what have you in the polit- political arena and what you see and what, what you hear them say and what you watch them do in Washington or at your state capitol are two different things and it's bullshit and I have a lot of information and he wanted to go into some of these topics that I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to because it's controversial. Now, here's the thing. Now, let me, let me just, let me say this right now. All right. No, no, no. Again, holy hell, people. Rabbit holes. All right. So I just want to put that warning out there. I'm going to use some flowery language because it's just how I talk. It's just, it. when I'm passionate about something, it comes out. I will do my best to minimize it. Viewer or listener discretion advised. How about we just do that? I'm going to keep it PG-13 is what I'm going to try to do. So what the heck has been going on with me in 2020 and why in the hell am I all of a sudden starting to post some political stuff on row hunting resources? 
Well, let's just jump into that, shall we? Okay, 2020. If you followed me um, in some other podcasts, and you obviously some of my social media stuff, especially if you follow me on my personal Chris Rowe account on Facebook, 2020 was just a freaking shit year for me. I'm sorry, it was. Not from not not necessarily from the hunting related standpoint. I mean, we we did well. I mean, COVID things notwithstanding, that that COVID in the spring was ridiculous. It was it was BS, and Kelly and I navigated it the best we could, uh, maintaining as much freaking liberty as we could, and that's going to be important here in a second. Um. So we navigated it. Did it did it impact us? Yes, it did. We had an incident early on in the season that was just an unfortunate instant incident. I had a friend. Um, it was an innocent mistake, but he didn't understand the instructions I gave him. Apparently, or didn't didn't value. The instructions I gave him made a decision to do something slightly different. That decision just threw the rest of the season for us into a shitstorm because everybody was freaking out about COVID. Our governor was trying to have lockdowns in these 14-day quarantines. Everybody was freaked out about people coming from other out of state. And all of a sudden, a friend of mine that comes out of state from one of those states that was, you know, supposedly on the quarantine list, walks right smack dab into the little tiny grocery store of our town and literally freaks everyone out. Now the sheriff starts doing patrols in the, I mean, literally within hours of that event, the sheriff rolls into town and he's, he's literally patrolling up and down the street, trying to find out who these illegal Colorado folks are and you know it just it's like oh my word I had to shut down some other hunts had to postpone some other hunts it just it COVID threw our turkey season into a freaking circus and we did all right though with it we did all right with it um and we had and 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 actually it was actually pretty good because it also caused some other people to come hunt with us that are gonna I think gonna be long-term friends and and clients and and so it wasn't all bad, but that just kind of started, you know, the COVID stuff is, is what it is. And everybody has had to deal with this. Not everybody, not everybody. Most of us have. Some of you haven't, uh, and haven't seen your paycheck get docked or just slashed. Some of you still have your pensions. Some of you still have your retirements. Some of you still have your health health care and all that. But others of uh, of of my friends and, and people that I I know and, and clients have literally had their businesses completely wiped out. They're done. So I have. I have been on all sides of this issue of this topic and I've been dealing with it like you have throughout the year. But also personally, I've, I'm, I think at this point um, I'm up to 14 or 15 people that I know that are friends, family or, or people that I know that have passed away this year. Two grandparents have passed away. One of them who I was close to 
Uh, my mom passed away this year from cancer. That was ugly. That was awesome. Uh, had to put down my horse, which is my, that was, she was my baby. I raised her from, since she was 18 months, well, Kelly and I both did, trained her up to be the most incredible mountain horse I've ever been around. And we went on some freaking, over the 20 some odd years that we had her, um, absolute incredible adventures. And just, she was my buddy, my, my elk hunting buddy, my mountain buddy. If you've watched any of our, uh, hunting videos, the through the season videos where I'm packing, she's the one I'm putting the bulk of the animal on. She, she's the one that she'd walk right up, stand in the gut pile, stand on the carcass, let you throw bloody quarters all over, strap a, a set of antlers on her. And if we need to go bomb off this cliff or we need to go bail into this just brutal nasty just you name whatever great so we got a phone i should have put my phone on freaking airplane mode of course people are gonna start calling me today i haven't had a phone call in the last three she's whatever anyway um she was my uh man she was a permanent fixture for 20 some years on our uh, 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 every day and she was a love bug and she was one that um she was awesome well had to put her down. Sucked. Had friends pass away. Freak accidents. Had some people that I know that, um, doesn't matter. Personal loss was, was a, a significant portion of 2020 for me as well. And then we go into the political realm and we watch what's going on with, uh, the, the riots, watch what's going on in the news and the media, what's going on with um, uh, social media narratives, and all. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know, other than the fact that everything that you've been watching, everything that, that you've gone through with COVID and all this crap, for me, and then all of a sudden stack on it, you know, folks dying, I, I started to really find myself in a, in a dark place. I, I just, I, I'm not going to say I was depressed because I don't know if that was what it was. It just seemed like something wasn't right. And I couldn't get my head wrapped around it. And all I could do was really try to spend as much time trying to figure out what the freaking hell is going on. A, what's going on in this freaking world today, which I have kind of a, an understanding of, but not that I like it or condone it. I just understand it. And then why is it, why is it, why am I feeling the way I am? It just, I was, I just did, I was uneasy. I just felt, I, I'm not a person that usually gets a lot of stress. I just am not. But then all of a sudden I'm finding myself just stressed. And I just general anxiety and stress stress and frustration, which just as that's not who I am, that just pisses me off and frustrates me even more. And so all I could do was start to and this is a very valid piece of advice that I learned and I heard a lot a long time ago. And there are more and more people these days talking about this. And that is 
surround yourself with, well, Jordan Peterson. You're going to hear that name come up a lot. I have, um, and I and I do not mean to sound like a fanboy as, as insofar as, you know, I've got this, you know, little heart eyes and, and just puppy dog, you know, tongue wave and just, I, oh, I love all, all things Jordan Peterson. Um, I do. But, um, he has, he has provided a, a significant level of intellectual growth and stimulation in me, just like Thomas Sowell has, uh, over the years in some of his books, uh, in, in Jordan Peterson's book, uh, 12 Rules for Life, uh, An Antidote to Chaos. I recommend everybody reading that book, and I've, I think I've talked about it before. One of the rules in there, paraphrasing, is surround those uh, that want the basically surround yourself with those that want the best for you. And that sounds like an easy statement, but unpack that for a little bit. Say it out loud to yourself. Surround yourself with those that want the best for you. Okay, what is it? We have friends. I've got friends. I surround, I, I've got family, friends, workers, co-workers. Yeah, okay, yep, 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 yep. How many of those people truly want the best for you? How many of your co-workers or, or if you have to work in a team, how many of your coworkers are going to come to bat for you and say, you know what? You did a phenomenal job. And quite honestly, you need credit for this. And so I, I'm going to go up and I'm going to talk to the supervisor and I'm going to, I'm going to recommend that, you know, you need to be rewarded for that in some way. And, um, whether that's a raise, whether that's time off, whether, you know, promote uh, a promotion or whatever, but you know what, dude, you're, you're crushing it and, and you're inspiring to me. And I want you to know that, I want, I want, I want you to, see, I want to see you succeed and, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go see if I can't help make that happen. How many, how many of your coworkers do that for you? They're there. You work with them. They like you. You like them. You might be friends ish, but do they want truly the best for you? Your friends how many of them engage themselves in your life, not from a, a micromanaging standpoint, not from a Karen, quote, quote unquote, Karen perspective of what are you doing? Why are you doing this? What's the guy? And basically involving their lives in it, it, themselves in your life so that they can get gossip on you. No, no. How many of your friends want the best for you? Again, this is what started happening for me in 2020 early on. I started to see some of my friends that I thought were friends were not acting in my interest. I'm not telling, I'm not saying that, um, oh, this is gonna, this will come up at a different time. I'm, I'm not going to jump into it. I'm not going to jump into this hole yet. I'm not saying that that person has to live for me. No, but when I ask someone to do something for a reason, those people that want the best for you would hear that. They would hear what you said and what the reason was, and then they would value it. It doesn't even matter if they care about it. It doesn't matter if they personally value it. It doesn't care. It doesn't even matter if they personally believe it. But if you do and you've asked for it, if they want the best for you, they will listen and say, oh, not a problem. I can do that. 
How many people? In your family? Oh, for Pete's sake. Really? There are some families and some members of families that are absolutely incredible. I have relationships in that my family like that. Absolutely. Whereas I also have mem- uh, uh, relationships in, in members of family that that is not the case at all. Not at all. It's about them and what I can do for them. So in a world of social media where we're just trying to get likes, 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 click, 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 follow, 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 follow. And for me, as somebody who has a subscription-based educational service where I want your money, which I do, I want your support financially because this is part of my job. There, it, there, there is a very strong tendency and easy path to fall into of, I want more friends. I would argue in today's world, in today's society, we, meet, we need fewer friends. We need more genuine friends. Surround yourself with those that want the best for you. And you do the damn same. So that struck, in in Jordan Peterson's book, Peterson's book, that struck me because I've heard in other places a similar thread of surround people, surround yourself with people that are better than you. In in whatever goal that you're wanting to do, whether if, if it's fitness and, and you want to get into fitness, surround yourself with someone who you look up to and aspire to be like. Their their fitness level, their training, whatever they're doing, whether it's you know everybody now jujitsu is the is the it's like jujitsu has become the Traeger grills of the fitness world, and the Traeger grills has become that I mean just goodness gracious it's the popular in vogue thing. I'm not saying it's bad. It's it's good. That's fine. But I'm just saying look up, to, aspire to be, surround yourself with those you look up to that are going to challenge you. For me. Quite honestly, and this is going to come out a little bit more here in the in a minute. Intellectually, um, I really started to find and 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 I and I, golly, I apologize. So I'm trying to wrap my head around a lot of concepts, and and I'm trying to keep it streamlined so you can follow it. Okay, so if I'm just if I have to pause, forgive me. <clears throat> I started to to not listen to a shit ton of podcasts. Let me say that again. I started to not listen to a lot of podcasts. And I started to not follow, like a hawk, uh, a lot of different social media accounts. Why? Because I started to watch the content, the value, the, the, the quality and value of the content at least for what I was looking for, diminish. And for me and what I was looking for and why I was engaging certain podcasts, certain individuals, certain social media accounts, the reason why I was originally following them is because they were providing content that was meaningful to me in whatever regard it is. Some of it is educational. Some of it was intellectual. Some of it was was just pure recreational, just having fun. But I saw, it seemed, and I know that I might have a, a 
a distorted view based on what my 2020 was like. I know, I know that it might have actually colored my perception of what I was seeing. I will give you that. I will qualify my next statement with that. I might be skewed. I might be biased. I might be, um, well, I, there you go. Done. You don't need another example. However, that being said, I cannot deny my perception and my value set. And I saw content being thrown out there for, in my opinion, nothing more than content sake. Because these people are making money off of advertising or they're trying to get advertisers. They're trying to get more people to like them and trying to get more people to follow them. And in order to get advertisers, you have to have a following and you need to have consistency and you need to be out there in front of people's faces and talking to people. And so, yes, the more content you put out, the more podcasts you put out, the more social media posts you put out, the more your face is out there. And if an advertiser wants your face attached to their product, you have to perform in a certain amount of, of quantity of images. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I have that relationship with a couple of companies right now. I don't, I, I'm literally a couple because I know who they are. I value what they do and I value what they bring to the table. I value their product. I use their product extensively throughout the year doing my stuff. But even they have, have, texted me or, or, or emailed me and be like, Hey, uh, you know, uh, you know, we saw, it's been a, a few weeks since, you know, you, you've, you've posted a picture, uh, you know, you, you, is, you okay, yeah, because we're in the middle of the summer and I'm not using your product. I'm not going, I'm not going to go out in, okay. There are some people that literally just go out every day, all day, every day, all day, all day, every day, all day. And they absolutely fabricate an image they go out and, you know, it's, how many times have you seen this? It's the freaking middle of summer and here's some guy standing on a hill with a backpack that, that might as well have two rolls of toilet paper in it and it's got a, 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 an elk rack strapped to the top of the friggin' backpack and it's maybe it has a game bag over the skull plate. The game bag is pristine white. There's not a drop of blood on the damn ba- the game bag. It's wrapped around an already cleaned off skull, and they've got it strapped to an empty backpack. They've got camo that is absolutely pristine clean, and they've got their bow with a full quiver, with a full quiver, and none of those arrows are bloody. And then they're going to have some, you know, profound statement of, oh, I, I, I love my such and such camo or, oh, I love my such and such, you know, you fill in the blank of some product. Dude, that is, in my opinion, fraud. It's fake. All you did is you create, you, you went out there and created a fake picture so that you could have a picture, so that you could plug a product, so that you could maintain your content um, quantity in order to fulfill your advertisers or whatever you want to achieve. I Trust me, I understand the need, the, the, the desire for a company to want that content continually in someone's face and it needs to make economic sense for that company to do that. If they're going to spend money with somebody, they need to be buying something. They need to be buying clicks. They need to be buying uh, views and impressions and they need to have that those views and impressions translate into sales. I get it. I'm with you. 
The issue I have is the lack of freaking honesty in the people that are bringing the message forward and they're just creating drivel. And so I sit there and I start listening to some podcasts and I'm like, what the freaking hell am I li- Why am I listening to this? It's, it's boring. It's, it's, you can tell it's forced. You can tell that the person behind the microphone isn't passionate about it. It's just, they're, they're just, oh, we're going to have a conversation with so-and-so today. Why? Well, I, I thought it'd be interesting. No, you didn't. You, you're doing hippie. Anyway, 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 sorry. I'm not throwing stones at particular podcasts because I think it, it trans, translates across the, the, the vast majority of them. Anything that has a, a commercial value, it is. And, and trust me, I'm going to get to my model here in a minute, the fact that I do the subscription base, and, and it's your free choice on you, you the consumers, your free choice on whether or not you want to financially support me or not, period, end of discussion. And I got criticized in years past that that was a stupid model. That's a stupid model, Chris. That, that'll never work. That'll never go. That's stupid, stupid. Oh, that's it. Just, what a mistake. Oh, you're leaving money on the table. Oh, you're just not. Yeah, well, guess what? I can create as much content as I want or as little as I want. And I know that I, I'm, I'm going to get to the ramifications of that here in a second. So just pump the brakes. But I know I can do as little as, as I want, as much as I want. And I can maintain the in, in, uh, integrity of my voice simply based on what I want to do, simply based on the fact that I, you are the ones that are going to pay me directly. Or not. And guess what? How many of those people said that a subscription-based model was, was, was wrong and it was a joke and, and, and it'll never succeed and, oh, that's stupid. And then we have social media platforms these days censoring people, shutting people down, limiting limiting how many people get to see your voice, hear your voice, qualifying your voice. How many more and more and more subscription-based models are there being used today? Exactly. So I don't mind having a subscription-based model still because I still want to have that control, pure unadulterated control over my voice and I can do as little as I want or as much as I want but the thing is when I say as little as I want sometimes I just don't know what to say I just don't have content for you that I think is valuable now this is where my personal journey in 2020 I'm now coming out the other side of this I'm not done yet but I'm coming out the other side of it to where now I'm like, okay, well, maybe I, was, maybe I wasn't staying true to myself. Maybe I was tempering myself. Maybe I was hamstringing myself. That's part of the reason why I wasn't happy or, or, or let me phrase not happy. Why I didn't believe I had content that was valuable to you. I understand. And this is, this is the problem that I always have. People don't understand my commitment to the answering the question why. The so what factor. It's 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 stupid. I, I the level to which I my brain is hard my subconscious is hardwired to that question is problematic for me. <clears throat> it is. It's problematic for me because there are so many times where I'm 
there would be a topic that I'm like, oh, I could talk about that. I get in the middle of it. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know enough about it or I don't, I, I, I need to learn this and this and that. And well, now that took me here and, and that, and to where there's, there's components of the topic that I don't know. And so all of a sudden I feel as though I don't have the, I don't have the level of information needed to talk about the, any part of the topic. And so I don't talk about the topic. Meanwhile, knowing full well that you might be in a place where you don't even know about the damn topic at all to where I could talk about what I know about and it would be valuable to you. It's just not where I want to be. Well, guess what? The subconscious in my brain, nary the two shall meet because my brain automatically defaults to until you have the answer, shut up. (sighs) That's not really helpful. Not to you and not to me, but that's where my brain defaults to. And so I've been struggling with that this past year because I have not, I have not been, uh, let's just say, to, I, I just have not been creative. There have been moments where I get a moment of clarity, a, a clarity of thought and a clarity of purpose and, a, and I get motivated to, to jump in and do some things, whether it's with, with collaborations with other folks, whether it's somebody else's podcast. I mean, I've been on a number of podcasts this year and everybody loves it and everybody's like, oh, it's a great podcast. Yes, because it, it, it offered me an, uh, an intellectual outlet to just engage somebody else and just ignore what the hell's going on on my side of the table. Seriously, on my side of the microphone, really. Because I can engage someone else in their world and I and and that's fun for me. I, I can do that. But when it sits when when it's when when I'm sitting here in a studio and I'm I'm the one that's in charge of creative content and I'm the one in charge of the intellectual discussion, that's when the doubts come in. That's when the motivation just seems to just sap out. And 2020, Literally, my conscious brain was telling me, Chris, what are you doing? You really ought to get out there. You need to really do, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. My subconscious brain was like, yes, this is what you need to do. And then the subconscious brain was like, no. And I was wrestling, still wrestle with it. I think I probably will always wrestle with that. And and I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm comfortable for it. Uh, not comfortable. I accept it. I understand that that's my proclivity. Um, there's something I'm going to talk about in the future. Again, Jordan Peterson, again, clinical psychologist, but educator. He has on his website uh, a couple of different courses that you can take to help you understand who you are. It's basically a human behavior. You know how I am with animal behavior and my passion for animal behavior. And I've always said that if I did not go down the route of being a wildlife biologist, animal behaviors, I probably would have gone in the world of psychology for the very reason that human behavior fascinates the hell out of me. Because it's behavior. It's why do things do what they do? And how can I understand it? And in my world, how can I manipulate it so that my management strategies work better or in my hunting, you know, endeavors, I can use that behavior to my advantage and become more and a more inefficient hunter. Well, from a human psychology standpoint, what Jordan Peterson has done, and again, this is why I've just been deep diving on so much of his stuff over these past couple of years, is because he 
he's explaining the why to me in a way that I absolutely understand, in a way that I value, and it has direct connotations to what I've done and seen and talk about in the hunting world. So you're going to hear some podcasts and some and and if you're going to watch some of the videos, the 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 new content that's going to be coming up on uh, Row Hunting Resources stuff. You're going to hear me talk about and bring up Jordan Peterson's lectures and some of his some of his concepts and, and ideas and talk because there's it, it literally the way he frames something about the way serotonin works or dopamine dopaminergic dopamine yeah here we go dopamine works in the brain how it triggers behavior and what it does. It's completely translatable over into the wildlife world and there's some things that we can maybe get a deeper understanding. That will help us. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be referring to him a lot. All right, just fair warning. Buckle up. You're gonna hear his name, and you're gonna hear his voice here in a minute. Um. So going through some of his stuff again, I was literally struggling with myself <clears throat> and the value of what I was bringing to the table. Because I was seeing all of the other people out there that are creating content. No, not all. Sorry. I apologize. That's not correct. I was struggling with my creative value because I was seeing many people that I was following and watching that are creative content folks in my perception, they were putting out less and less quality simply because they needed volume. And that just snowballed in my brain to where I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And so here we go. Now, the other thing that was going on at the same time, and this one I didn't, I, I couldn't, I didn't wrap my head around and, and we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to wrap my head around it for you here. Meanwhile, all this, uh, this stuff's going on here. We start watching these stupid riots. We watch Antifa, uh, the, the, basically the rise of Antifa in the United States. These, these, this past year, we see the rise of black lives matter, uh, this year. We see the civil unrest and people, you know, I'm, I'm watching these people and, you know, uh, again, I, all right, pause. So I've been trying to, and I, I forgot to do it. My bad. I apologize. I forgot to do it. I was going to, I was going to Google it. There's, somebody said there was an actor. It was an actor. I'm, I'm, I believe it was an actor. I know it was an actor. Someone said, and I love quotes and, and cause there's a hell of a lot smarter people out there than that than me. And this was brilliant. It said, if you don't, and I apologize, I can't give the citation to it because I, I wish I remembered who, who said it. But the, the statement was, if you, if you are not following the news, if you're not watching the news, you're uninformed. If you're watching and following the news, you're misinformed. And unfortunately, that is absolutely the case. In my opinion, that's absolutely the case. If you're going to sit there... If you're not going to engage in, uh, in, in, if all you're going to do is get your news from Facebook, um, we're going to have, I'm going to have a conversation about social media coming up and why 
I am going to start moving more and more content over to Parler, MeWe, Rumble, um, other alternative platforms. I don't know which one I'm going to settle on yet. Um, we'll, we'll see how they, they shake out. But we're, and I'm not going to dive into it now. We're going to have a different discussion about that. So hold hold the freaking heck out. Right? So, but if you're going to just get your news off of Facebook and Instagram, well, Facebook, number one, or you know, even Google, you, you got to understand that they're not giving you unbiased stuff. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're on the left side of the, uh, the more of the progressive spectrum or if you're on more of the conservative spectrum, they're going to feed you the news that you want to consume because that just adds more clicks. And so you're going to get pigeonholed and you're going to get siloed into your, your basically you're going to get isolated in, into an echo chamber. And it's not, it's going to end badly. And we, and again, we're going to have more conversation about this later. So, but if you watch TV and you're going to watch CNN, NBC, MSNBC, et cetera, if you think they don't have a bias, just stop. You're living in, you're living in a, an alternative reality. You're living in cognitive dissonance. And if all you do is watch Fox News, yeah, okay, hold on. Stop yelling in your phone right now my liberal progressive friends, Fox News people, the I'm a Republican, you know, big R next to my name. You know, I don't give a sh- I don't care if you're on the right-hand side of the, the spectrum and all you do is listen to Fox News and Rush Limbaugh or if you are on the left side of the spectrum and all you care about is CNN and Rachel Maddow. I don't care. If that's all you're listening to and that's all you're consuming, you're wrong. Because you're not getting the whole picture. The one thing I can say right now with, with I, I, I'm sorry, I believe it. Social media has become, and, and media today, well, no, let me rephrase this, social media. Social media is simultaneously the best thing that's ever happened to society and w- the worst, okay? And we have media outlets that are absolutely pushing agendas, period. End of discussion. If you don't want to believe it, I can't, again, Thing is, John Kenneth Galbraith. You, you can never reason a man out of something they were never reasoned into, and that's going to come up again in a, in, a, in a theme across these next. Well, from here on out, you can never reason. In a man means a human being, man or woman. You can never reason a person out of something they were never reasoned into. Meaning, if you tap into an emotion. Or you latch onto something because of an emotional attachment, a visceral, guttural, emotional trigger. Quite honestly, most of the time, it doesn't matter what facts are presented. It doesn't matter if someone can show you you are wrong. You dismiss it because it, you didn't, you weren't, you were never reasoned into it. Another quote that I loved. Well, no, again, I could. Well, here it is. When, when, when faced with a decision, faced with a choice of changing one's mind or proving there's no reason to do so, most everyone gets busy on the proof. Yeah, think, say that out loud to yourself again. When faced with a choice of either changing one's mind or proving there's no reason to do so. Most everyone gets busy on the proof. 
We don't like changing our mind. We don't like having our belief structure. It doesn't matter if it's a fundamental structure, the underlying fundamental structure, or whether we're just talking about a certain, you know, masks save lives. I don't care if that if it's just a simple idea as that, or we're talking about the fundamental ideology that you have. No one wants to change their mind. And everybody just starts going out there and trying to gather proof on why you're, you, the other person is wrong and why I don't need to change my mind and why I'm right. That's not healthy. It's not healthy. We're all guilty of it. That's human nature. Since the dawn of time, that's human nature. It's just how our brains, our, our emotional systems and the subconscious in our brains works. It is. The, the intellectual maturity, the emotional maturity, if a person achieves a little bit higher level of emotional maturity and intellectual maturity, they have the ability, again, someone else has said, you have the ability to entertain a thought, was it Mark Twain? You have the ability to entertain a thought without accepting it. I can listen to your argument. I can understand where your argument is coming from. I can understand where your position is. I can understand everything about why you believe what you believe. But I still might not agree. But I can at least understand where it came from. Now, here in a second, that doesn't mean I have. To, it doesn't mean I have to accept it. Number one, number two, it doesn't mean that we have to stay friends afterwards. And I'll, we'll get into that one here at some point. But regardless, I'm watching. So I'm, I'm watching the Antifa. I'm watching BLM, and I'm I'm listening to what the narrative is. You know, mo- these peaceful protests. Mostly peaceful protests. Or we know it's not peaceful, but you know, it's justified. It's justified to throw a Molotov cocktail through a, a, a black business owner's storefront because of, you know, justice. What? What? And, and I'm, I'm watching and I'm listening to the narrative that's being spewed by the vast majority of, of media outlets. And I'm watching what's going on on social media. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's utter it's utter brain damage. I mean, it's 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 just that's all there is. It it makes no sense to anybody that's looking objectively, rationally. If you're looking at something with reason, it's clear that this is bullshit. But if you're just going to be wrapped up in the emotion of it, well, of course it's all justified. It's fine. And me trying to wrap my, and, and this is another one I'm going to say for a different day because I've literally, I've literally tried to record a podcast concerning the lack of leadership I am seeing in the former special operations community during these times is I've tried to, I've, I've tried to do it four different times and each time it just devolves into, it's not even flowery language at that point. It's just me, raw emotion coming out, pissed off, and it just, I don't think it will carry the same uh, constructive impact as it would if I can wrap my head, I'm in a better place now, number one, number two, I'm hoping I can get somebody on the phone and have a conversation with them because I want their take. 
I, all I can do uh, right now, I can vent and, and unleash my emotion based on my outside looking in sort of viewpoint, but it's, I know it's, it's lacking in the fact that I don't have a different perspective and I want to get another perspective, hopefully, hopefully either to balance me out and put me in my place or to at least provide some context in which Am I right in my perceptions? Am I wrong? So I'm going to hold off, but I will just flat out tell you, I'm watching riots happen and I'm watching a whole bunch of people that claim to be sheepdogs do freaking nothing, nothing. And I'm watching our world burn and I'm having a hard time with it. And I was just getting pissed off and... Yeah, there all those things were going on in my mind and I just found myself in a place where I just I just felt like I couldn't be creative. I just felt like I was in a place where I just couldn't move forward. I just felt like I was stuck and I just didn't understand why. And it and I knew it. I'm sitting there in my conscious brain. My front brain is telling me, "Dude, you're freaking stuck. You need to get your ass out of it." And then the subconscious brain's like, "Yeah, but uh, oh well, whatever." And I just it was it was it was it was crushing me. It was crushing me. And then I came across this. And it flat out floored me. So I'm going to, okay, so I'm going to play this piece of Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. And it's from his podcast. It's from his Maps of Meaning course. I know that there's probably some, I don't know. And I don't know. I know there's probably some copyright, copyright, blah, 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 blah. I mean, probably shouldn't play it or whatever. But the way he puts it and the way he frames it and the way he talks about it just carries the impact. So I'm going to play it for you. It's a tiny little, it's a couple minutes. And it is on the Jordan B. Peterson podcast, which I think everybody should be following. It is part of his Maps of Meaning lecture series. And this is from the Maps of Meaning he has a book that's called Maps of Meaning. That sucker is not a coffee table book. I read Thomas Sowell's uh, A Conflict of Visions. That book is phenomenal. It will absolutely fundamental change how you see and understand people. You can literally get through that book and understand the concepts in that book and then talk to almost anybody and within 10 minutes you know exactly who they are. It's, a, it's incredible. When you understand human psychology, and how people are are parsed out. I'm going through Dr. Peterson's uh, Understanding Myself uh, series right now. Going through the five different personality traits that all of us have. And then this, the, 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 it, there's five big ones. And then there's a total of ten little sub ones. But you go through that course and all of a sudden you start learning who you truly are. How is your how does your personality affect your subconscious? It's part of it's it's some of it's genetic. You have no control over it. It is how you are hardwired. It's how your brain is hardwired. You are going to be behave in a certain manner. You are going to perceive things in a certain manner and it will affect your life. If you don't understand how that all comes together, you're going to be confused. I was because I couldn't wrap my head around why I was feeling the way I was feeling in 2020 when I knew that I thought I was understanding things. I was sitting there looking at them. I was processing them. I thought I could understand it, but there was still something deeper there that I just didn't understand. That's why I started going through some of this and trying to do a little more or a lot more personal development and really try to figure out who the hell is Chris Rowe and what the hell am I doing? 
because of this passage right this this point right here just absolutely corked me across the freaking bridge of the nose with a baseball bat I, I this chunk of of audio right now I cannot tell you how many times I have listened to this and I've listened to all the other perf- you know of, of course this is like a couple minutes of a two-hour lecture that's part of like what is it 20 hours Okay, so you're getting this like snapshot, but I want to I want to play this because I want you to hear what just absolutely floored me. Okay, I'm gonna hit play, and it's from Jordan Peterson's podcast. It's from his Maps of Meaning lecture series, Maps of Meaning number nine, Patterns of what is it? No. Anyway, it doesn't matter. At about five minutes and forty five seconds into the beginning of it. Okay, here we go. The nun. And so that's also a good way to think about human development from an intellectual perspective, is that partly what has to be provided to individuals as they mature into an ad- adults is some kind of ordering structure. And this is one of the facts that people who criticize the dogmatic element of religious belief don't really understand. They, they don't understand that you can't. You have to provide people with a determinate structure of some port, of some type, even if it's constricting and, and restricting and, and crushing, for that matter. You have to pass through a disciplinary structure before, and even in principle, you could be free. Before you're disciplined, you're not free. You're just chaotic, and so you have to practice some set of routines and rituals. Now, you could say, well, they don't necessarily have to be religious, and. They could be secular. You could become a lawyer. You could become a plumber. You could become a carpenter. And I would say, yes, that's far better than not becoming anything. But the problem with an identity that isn't rooted into the archetypes is it leaves you incomplete because the archetypal rooting of the identity is what helps you grapple with the fundamental existential problems of life. And whether you're a carpenter or a plumber or a lawyer, you're still going to, your soul is still going to hunger for some deeper form of identity. And you're not going to get that without being, without having your practical identity encapsulated in something that's, that's greater from a philosophical perspective and perhaps even deeper than philosophy, which I think the archetypal stories are, they're the, they're the structure within which philosophy itself is embedded. And outside of that is a behavioral structure. We've talked about how those evolve. You know, there's, there's a behavioral evolution of, something approximating a consensual morality and then stories about that consensual morality emerge and then inside that the the structures of philosophy nest and all of those things have to be addressed by your identity to some degree or you're weak that's the problem you're beset by doubts you're beset by anxiety you're easy to stop and you don't have much motivation and none of that's good it's not good at all because life presents you with enough real obstacles in the for in the face of genuine suffering so that unless you're strongly grounded and have a real mo- reason for moving forward, you're going to get stopped. And as soon as you're stopped, you are one miserable thing. Because it's, it's almost like the definition of human misery is to be par- paralyzed by anxiety and emotional pain and also have no motive force forward. It's a terrible state. And so you don't want to be in that state. And you have to have an identity that's powerful enough and deeply rooted enough so the most profound doubts that might emerge about your life are met by something of equivalent force. Okay, so we're going to review the symbolic domain. So some of you, that probably resonates with. I hope it does. I I, I don't need to hope anything. I know darn well that it does. I know it does. 
I absolutely know that it does because I've talked to some of you. Some of you might be like, what the hell is that? What, 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 the, what, what, what was, I don't even know what the hell that meant. Okay. Well, all right. Well, I, okay. I would encourage you to spend some more time going through some of the stuff. I would absolutely encourage you to go to his website, jordanbpeterson.com. Um, and go through some of his lectures, go through some of his courses. Just his podcast itself is just, I mean, you're talking hundreds of hours of just absolute educational, intellectually stimulating knowledge about how you and how other people think and how things are are from a human behavior, evolutionary standpoint, society ends up getting molded and why people do what they do. It's It's incredible. But for me... It just flat floor. It just flat floored me because I was like, "Wait a minute! Whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait a minute!" That's exactly how I felt. I just felt stopped. Something just—it felt like I was stopped, and I just couldn't move forward. I didn't know what. I just felt. I just. I, I felt as though, and this is going to come out. I felt as though if I was out here on the podcast, I was doing hunting videos. I was talking about food plot stuff. I mean, which I did. I know I did, but I could do a lot more. But I just felt like I was talking about all those things and I'm literally watching my world burn. I'm watching the United States burn, just burn. And I'm watching this march towards socialism, my perception. And and I'm watching the world burn and I and I look at what my my what what am I what am I going to do? Seriously, what am I gonna? I'm, I'm gonna talk about uh, a tree stand setup. Are you are you kidding me? For me, it just really started to feel as though anything I'm gonna I'm talking about is just shuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic. Who gives a shit where the deck chairs are on the freaking Titanic? The bow of the boat is going underwater. What are we doing? I'm sitting here watching all of my social media accounts, all my friends, all those people that I follow. All I'm just watching content, more content, more content, more content. And it is this most innocuous, just milk toast, irrelevant. It's uh, It had no meaning to me. I just look at it and I'm like, are you kidding me? This is what we're filling our face with. The Titanic is sinking and we're going to go out there and talk about a new dress covering for for this tablecloth. Uh, what? Why is no one out there talking about, in the sportsman's world, the, the ship is sinking. And I kind of thought for... So I was, I, I just, I felt, I felt stopped and I didn't understand why, because I was like, okay, I'm, I am an educator. I am a wildlife biologist. I am a content creator. I could, I, I do these things. I talk about elk behavior, elk biology, elk hunting tactics. That's what I, that, that that's who I am. I, I, I teach people about food plots and what we're doing out here. That, that's who I am. And I, I run hunts and I, and I, I take new hunters out in the field each year and, and kids and, and I teach them how to hunt. That That's who I am. And it wasn't until that passage, I, I went through my ears and I was like, what the? F- no. Like he said, you can be a plumber. You can be an electrician. You can be a lawyer a doctor, a nurse, 
insurance salesman. You can be the best of whatever it is that you want to be. But that's what you do. The question is, who are you? What is your fundamental identity? You can identify as an electrician or a, 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 I could, no, I can identify as being a wildlife biologist. I can. I can identify as being an educator. I can. That is what I do. It is. And in some way, it is part of who I am. But that's not who I am. The reason why I believe I got stopped and why I find it so di- why I did find it so difficult to start is because I was not engaging in who I was. Who I am has always been How do you know how to, how do I, it's going to, it's going to sound fragmented to some of you. And I apologize because I don't know if I can articulate it clearly enough, but who I have always been is someone who's adamantly opposed to bullies, who does not, who, who cannot swallow bullshit. I've, I've never been able to do it. I've never been able to stomach. If I know something is bullshit or, or it just doesn't pass the sniff test and I, or I just flat know that it's bullshit, I I can't, I, you're not going to shove it down my throat. You cannot hand me a shit sandwich and say, hey, this is going to be good. Go ahead and eat it. No, no, I'm not. I don't care how well it's wrapped. I don't care what you did to make it look pretty. I know damn well inside there is a, a, is a load of shit and I'm not going to eat it. Nope, I'm not. But here's the thing about the bully part. I have always been the person, even from a younger age, I've found out now because even just in from friends that I've talked to from high school and early college, I've always been the person that is going to speak their mind. I'm always going to stand up and I'm, I'm, I'm very opinionated. And most of my, most of my opinions come from some rational position or some place of, of at least thought, I hope. Um, and I've always, I've, I've really been that person that's going to speak up. I can think back to when I was in college at Colorado State University and the things that we were doing and the and the and the, the topics we were engaging in and the times I spoke up. I literally did not get hired by the Division of Wildlife, Colorado Division of Wildlife, back in, in, in the early 2000s because I spoke up. I testified at the Wildlife Commission on uh, it concerning when they wanted to reintroduce links in Colorado, there was a lot of controversy around whether or not there was actual data to support that snowshoe. Okay. I'm going to give you a, 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 a broad brush here. The Colorado division of wildlife back in the day, the director wanted to reintroduce links into Colorado because they thought that historically links lived in Colorado because of the high mountains and blah, 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 blah. The links had been extra either there were no more links. We can argue why there were no more links, but there were no more links in Colorado. So the director at the time, one of his legacy projects that he wanted to do was he wanted to reintroduce links into Colorado. It's you're, you're reintroducing a predator. It's no different than, well, it is, it's a little different, but it's a similar mindset and ideology of 
we're going to reintroduce wolves. We're going to reintroduce grizzlies. We're going to reintroduce the Mexican wolf or gray wolf, whatever you want to do. But here we are. We're going to be reintroducing a a predator, uh, a larger predator, a predator that lies between a bobcat and a mountain lion. And the only way that that's justified is whether or not there's actual habitat there for the lynx to survive. You're just not going to go take an animal from a, uh, from Canada, bring it down, turn it loose into Colorado and go, be free. It's not how that's supposed that's not supposed that's not how it's supposed to work. So what's the habitat for a lynx? Well, habitat for lynx is high altitude, high elevation tundra, subalpine, alpine, that type of, you know, big timber type stuff. Okay. That's great. We had Colorado has those habitats in there. The question is what's their prey base? What do they eat? You can't have them in there if they're not going to have something to eat. So what are they going to eat? Well, snowshoe hare, type of large rabbit it's not a rabbit, but it doesn't matter. Snowshoe hare. A large lagomorph. Um, that's their prey. That's their that's their primary prey. They will eat other things, but their primary prey is snowshoe hare. So they had to, the Division of Wildlife had to go in and do surveys to find out whether or not there was going to be adequate numbers of snowshoe hare to support the population of lakes. And there was some controversy over whether or not, when that study was done, was there adequate was the study, no, no, did the study actually conclude that there was enough snowshoe hair in the state or did it not? There, there was controversy surrounding that study and what it said, which means there was controversy on whether or not the, there was actual prey base in Colorado or there wasn't for a sustainable population of lynx. Because the original proposal was that we were only going to put in X number of links. I don't remember the exact number. Let's just say we were going to come in and we were going to put 20 links. I don't, again, I know that's probably the wrong number. I don't remember what the initial number was. I'm just ballpark. I'm, I'm broad stroking this here. The idea was we were going to just take 20 links and we were going to, we were going to reintroduce them. Based on the fact that there were supposedly enough snowshoe hair in the area. There were some people that latched onto it and they said, okay, well, we don't believe that study actually said what that study did and, and we have some problems there. And also, by the way, we do know that we have sheep grazing in the mountains. Now, I'm not going to argue whether or not you want public land grazing or not. I don't give a shit. I don't because that's not the topic. The topic is at the, town, at, the, at the moment was there was sheep grazing on some of these high altitude allotments and young lambs absolutely fit the profile of what a lynx could to, could come in and chop and kill and eat. And so a lot of the cattle, or not cattle, a lot of the sheep, uh, uh, the, the um, wool growers, those are the basic, their association, it's all the people that, that are sheep grazers. Um, the wool growers association had an uh, objection to reintroducing uh, another quasi apex predator on that landscape that's going to negatively affect their uh, sheep because they already have bears up there doing just major damage. They already have coyotes up there doing major damage. Yes, there are some lions up there, but really it's the coyotes. It was the bears. And now you're going to put a lynx right smack dab in the, in the middle of where these, where the, where they're going to have their lambs. So of course they were concerned. So during the public meeting, it really started to turn, it turn into, well, the scientists want to do this. So that's what we're going to do. And then the public was like, wait, hold on a minute. We're not sure this is what we want. And nary the two shall meet. So I did, as a college student, prior to my graduation, we were going, we went to the, to the commission meeting as a class assignment. 
I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I'm sitting. It's Chris Rowe. It's, I can't keep my mouth shut. So I'm sitting there listening to these arguments, and I'm sitting there going, "What the hell are we doing? This is bullshit." Because the, the the Wildlife Commission is charged with doing what is best based on the science, and we're hearing some controversial stuff about the science. Number one, and number two, the Wildlife Commission is supposed to be managing wildlife for the people of the state, and here we have a user group that actually has a legitimate concern, and no one is is addressing it. No one's actually you know tackling it in a in a, an effective manner. There were some there were some uh, uh, statements made and some some you know concessions. Well, oh, this is what we'll do this way, but it, but it wasn't allaying allaying their their fears, and, and so. It really started to sound like it was a, we've already made our decision to do this, and so we're going to do it, but this public meeting is just irrelevant. We just want to, we need to do this public meeting because this public meeting is, it's mandated to happen, so eh, we're going to do it. Trust me, this theme is going to come out a lot because this is why I got into Colorado politics and sportsman politics. We're going to touch on that here in a second. But anyway, so at that commission meeting, I was a student in college. I stood up and testified and I said, well, from basically you, I, somebody could go in and probably pull up my testimony. But from what I remember my testimony being, it was essentially guys, these guys, I, it seems like these guys have a valid concern. Maybe we just put this whole thing on hold until you can have this valid concern flushed out a little bit better. And we may want to just kind of take a look at that study, the snowshoe, snowshoe hair study and, and, if the science supports the reintroduction, okay, maybe move forward once you address these constituents' concerns. But if the science isn't supporting it, this isn't going to work. And so let's just stand on the science. And if the science actually says what it says, okay, then finally move forward. But if it doesn't, don't risk it, was essentially the, the, the nutshell of my testimony. So I graduate college. I decided to put in and get a job with the Colorado Division of Wildlife as a game warden. They were that was their first entry level that I could jump in on, and uh, went through the process. And I remember three of us, we were the top three students that went through that, or the, the uh, trainee or candidates, if you will, whatever you want to call it, interviewees. And I remember coming out of because I mean, it's a you written test, and then you got oral and all this other stuff that you got to go through uh, scenarios that you'll sit in front of a panel of. of of agency employees and they just throw a battery stuff at you and you have to react to it. And they want to see how you react, what your decision uh, process is, how you think, what's your temperament, disposition, all that background checks, the whole nine yards. I come out that the other end when me and two other guys came out that other end and we crushed it, just crushed it. And all of the guys, all of the, well, not guys, guys and gals, the, the agency personnel that were on that panel doing the interviews at the time came up to us and shook our hands afterward. We were like, holy hell, congratulations. We cannot wait to work with you. This is going to be great. You guys are just the type of people we need. We're, we're excited. Congratulations, guys. Uh, good job. Good job. We're like, awesome. So we have one final threshold, the last meeting, when you get hired or, or not, walked into the room gentleman by the name of Gary Berlin. He went on record one year to saying he he basically did not like anybody from CSU, was my impression. And I was told that he went on record one year by saying he'd hire anybody out of CU Boulder that had a speech communication major. He would rather, rather. CU Boulder, for anybody who doesn't know, Boulder in Colorado is the liberal, I mean, leftist liberal 
far, 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 far to the left, uh, politically, ideology-wise, okay? CU Boulder, Colorado University in Boulder, obviously, it's a great college. It's a very good college, but it's going to lean heavy on the left side of the, the political spectrum and ideology spectrum. He, he basically said he would rather hire someone from CU Boulder that has a speech communication major than anyone from Colorado State University that graduated with a wildlife degree. That's what I was told. I walked into my interview with him and two other people, and I thought we was just going to be a formality. We we're just going to walk in and, and get hired. And I spent, an, but I don't know, what it, was, it felt like an hour just getting my ass chewed. Much of it revolving around my testimony before the commission. Bottom line, what it was is at the time, they didn't want somebody that had independent thought. They didn't want somebody that already had deep held convictions. They didn't want somebody that was critically thinking about what the agency was doing and, and already had had come up with, okay, I don't like what I see this agency doing. Now, at the time, so guess what? Chrissy didn't get hired. You know, spoiler alert there. Um, none of us did. The top three candidates, none of us did. But then I watched the people that barely made it through the process. They graduated with, they graduated CSU with a wildlife degree with, well, a D average. And then they barely made it through the stinking interview process. They, they, they just, they, in my opinion, watching them, they just freaking flounder. They struggled and they failed, in my opinion. They got hired. And I sat there and I'm like, what the freaking hell? Now, I'm a young guy now. I'm younger. Okay? I didn't have maturity on my side. Yeah. What I see now, no. That agency wants people that are going to ride the brand. That agency needs people wanted at the time, wanted. What Gary want, what it appears to me that Gary wanted, he wanted people that were yes men and women. You're going to come into the agency. This is what the agency is going to do. And this is what we want you to say and do and how you think and act. And you are going to ride the brand. You are going to follow up. You're going to be a company man and you're going to do, or a woman, and you're going to do what we tell you to do. The people that he hired were the people who were like, absolutely, I don't care. Make me a janitor out in the middle of freaking nowhere, La Junta. Uh, I don't care. I'll clean toilets for the next three years. You tell me what you want me to do. I just want to be a part of the organization. You're hired. Because they can mold that individual into whatever they wanted. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It can be a bad thing or it can be a good thing. If you're a business, you want employees that do their that that do their job the way you want them to do their job. You've started a business. You have a way of doing things that's working. You want your new employees to at least come in and do those things the way you've been doing them so that that recipe still works and just keeps moving forward. Now, over time, if they develop themselves and they bring ideas to the table, great. Move the uh, the organization forward. But if you're, are you going to hire somebody that just wants to walk in the door and make broad sweeping changes when they have no experience in that organization? Guess what? I'll answer that question because we fired two employees because that's what they did. We hired two, we tried hiring people back in the day and they came in, they had, it doesn't matter. They, they, they walked in the door, saw what we were doing and then immediately started making changes on their own and doing things that, they didn't have an understanding of why we were doing things the way we did, why we were successful, why we were growing, why people liked us. 
why they wanted to hire us for our row ecological services, our, our business. They didn't understand the behind the scenes. All they saw was that little piece in front of them. And they were like, oh, well, this is what I'm going to do. No, you're not. You can't go this way. And so it turned into this fight of, of ideas of trying to keep these two individuals. And it was two individuals on two different years. Keep them in check and not screwing us. And finally, we were like, screw it. You, you know, you're fired. And we never went back to trying to hire anybody. We were like, no, we'll just do it ourselves. So when I went to that interview in the Colorado Division of Wildlife, um, I was wrong. I was flat 100% wrong. I should have understood where the agency was coming from. I should have understood what Gary was looking for. Yes, I was a good candidate, but I needed to keep my mouth shut. I needed to understand that there is a, a value to that idea of riding the brand, of, of being a team player. Okay, Jordan Peterson talks about it all the time. It's not how you win or lose, it's how you play the game. How many times have you heard that? How many people, how many of you actually understand what the hell it means? Truly. It's not if you win or lose, it's how you play the game. Because if you are a, it doesn't matter if you're a quality player, if you are skilled, if you know how to work within the team, if you are, it definitely helps if you have skills, but it's how you play. If you are a fair player, if you help others, if you are there for the team, if you are there to help move the entire, you know, you're going to move the organization forward. In this particular instance, I might not be the star player, but you are. I'm going to assist you and pro- propel you forward. I'm going to assist you and propel you forward. And if we all help each other and I'm a good team player and I follow the rules and I am not greedy, I'm not arrogant, I'm not a pain in the ass, and I help others succeed... It doesn't matter if we all collectively win the particular game we're in. Guess what? You're going to be invited to come back and play another game. It's not about winning or losing the game. It's about getting invited to come back and playing all the games. Because people look at you and they say, I can trust you as a team player. I can trust you as someone who's going to be a constructive part of my life and or the organization or whatever the structure is that you're trying to get involved with. Individuals, businesses, organizations, agencies. Are you a team player? Can you get along? Can you function? Can you move this forward? Can you play by the rules? And can you help move things forward? That doesn't mean you don't try to make things better. But if you are simply a cog in the wheel, you better damn well be careful on how you want to go about making changes. I learned this lesson from Will Primos. One of the most profound lessons that really resonated with me back in the day with Will, Will Primos. I was on the pro staff of Primos for, geez, 15 years. It was awesome. I think it was 15 years. Was it 15 years? I don't remember. How. It was a long time. Long time. There was an individual that, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not it, it doesn't matter. I'll name names. Jim Horn. Back when Jim Horn was uh, on the pro, uh, he was the pro staff coordinator coordinator for Primos. Took that over from the guys at the office. Jim was a good guy. I mean, Jim was a, generally a good guy. And Jim, he, Jim became this massive image 
uh, from the late 90s uh, all the way into, well, the early 2000s, he was a very prominent face, figure, personality within Primos. <coughs> well, he was the pro staff coordinator. Pro staff coordinator means, obviously, sounds it is what it sounds like it is. So anyway, I'm doing seminars in Colorado, and I'm freaking crushing it. Okay, I'm being invited to go everywhere. I was there was some weeks I was doing seminars on Thursday nights, Saturdays, twice on Saturday, and once on Sunday. And I'm just nonstop going seminar, 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 all across from Southern Wyoming, all across Colorado, Northern New Mexico, just seminars every freaking where, constantly, to the point where it started becoming an issue with my wife because it didn't pay very well. Um, but I loved it. Intellectually, I loved it. It was stimulating to me and I could get out there and be in, be part of something. Well, all of a sudden, Jim decided he was going to start traveling and doing seminars as well. And at first I thought, okay, that's a cool, or uh, whatever, no problem. And then all of a sudden he started coming, wanting to come to Colorado and he was going to start doing my seminars. All the seminars that I was doing, he was going to do. I'm like, and I, so I objected to that because to, in order to stay on the pro staff, you had to have certain amount of performance each year. Seminars accrued to that performance. And so if, if I was not doing seminars, I was not going to be able to reach my benchmark and I was not going to be able to be retained as a pro staffer. So I needed to have uh, involvement. I, I had to. And the seminars were the way I, I earned my keep on the pro staff. Well, if I'm not doing the seminars, well, I'm not going to be on the pro staff. So I objected to Jim coming down and doing the bulk of the seminars to which he basically replied, well, well, you can come and, and sit in with. I'm like, so in other words... I've been the expert all of these years. I've been talking about behavior, communication, all this stuff. And and now you're just going to come in and, and, well, Chris, you go sit in the back of the room and just sit there and, I, and I'll do it. I'll give you your credit for your seminar, but you just sit there in the back of the room. My ego had a major problem with that. And it was, it was my ego. Because I didn't understand the dynamic of what the broader picture was. So I was pissed. And I took it up the chain. I took it, I went to Will. I'm like, this is bullshit. Why is all of a sudden this this guy that doesn't even live in the state, who who has no idea what I've been talking about, and and, and I was pissed. I was pissed. I was young. I was arrogant. And I was pissed because somebody else is going to come in. He's basically riding my coattails. Now that I've I've built this thing in Colorado, which was awesome. Now he wants to come in because he wants the no- my per- my perception was well n- now. He wants the notoriety. He wants the FaceTime. He wants the image. He wants the connections. So now he's going to just show up and take over. Bullshit. So I expressed that to Will. And Will listened to me. He did. Will's awesome. I, I love the man to death. I, 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 I truly love that man. One of the significant influences of, of my personal development, uh, business development in my life. And he basically, he listened truly listened, internalized. And then he basically said, well, thank you. I appreciate this feedback. I will use it. However, how many times have you heard this? Not your circus, not your monkeys. Primos is his business. That's his name on the back of that on that on that uh, that company. That's Will Primos. It's not it's not Chris Rowe. Primos is not Rowe. Primos is Primos. Will Primos. 
and Jimmy Primos. And Will Primos and Jimmy Primos like Jim Horn, and they put him in that position for a reason. And they have gone through what the plan is for Jim and, and what they want to do for Western promotions. And part of what they want to do for Western promotions is they want to have Jim in places across the West. One of those places in the West is Colorado. So guess what, Chris? I hear your concern. I can understand your concern. But I need Jim there. I want Jim there. I want Jim doing these seminars. So... If that is not acceptable to you, thank you for being a part of this organization, this company, up until now. And I'll just accept your resignation and goodbye. Or you can trust me and let me run my business how I need to run my business and you be a part of that. In whatever capacity I'm asking you to be a part of it, I'm asking you to be a part of it. And, and I'm paraphrasing a lot of the, the, a longer conversation, but he had a value for me. He truly did. He truly did. And I believe that in my heart based on other conversations that have happened over the, over the years. Will absolutely valued Chris Rowe deeply. But from a business standpoint, he was in charge of his business. He had the, the greater global picture he needed something different and it was up to me whether or not I wanted to be a could I could I be a part of that or not I chose to be a part of it and I grew I grew from that I'm saying all this stuff because it's who I am and I know there's a lot of you out there listening to this as well you're probably younger you probably are in a business maybe you're involved with organizations or you're seeing what's going on in the world Yes, there are things that you're going to observe that are absolutely correct and and wrong and and just it just nah it just drives you nuts and you feel like you need to speak up. You should. But you also have to have a broader understanding of the bigger picture and what's going on around you. So you need to be grounded and educated to the great excuse me, the greatest extent possible. I'm providing those two examples for you because it's who I was. I was arrogant, I was I I was um opinionated and headstrong and I had I had really good thoughts and, and ideas in my head. I just needed to start to learn to temper them and bring them forward better. But it's always been who I was. Fast forward a few more years, or maybe I guess coincidingly, I started getting involved with sportsman politics at the state level in um, <laughs> sportsmen's organizations in the state, uh, I mean, statewide organizations, the Sportsman's Advisory Group. I was elected to be the representative for that, and that was a whole fiasco. But I've always gotten involved. I've always spoken up. I've always, I've always had my opinions. And what were those opinions based off of? Righteous justice. Right and wrong I would perceive something to be wrong and I wanted to correct it. Based on what? I am, my brain is hardwired in what Thomas Sowell call, considers a, a constrained mindset. Um, I encourage you to read his book or listen to the audiobook, A Conflict of Visions. If you listen to the audiobook, you're gonna, it's going to be tough. That's what I did. 
Um, you're going to have to stop, start, stop, start, record, or, or you know, play again and just kind of process because it is not a coffee table book. It will absolutely bake your ever-loving noodle, but it will fundamentally change how you understand A, yourself, and B, other people. And in their constrained versus unconstrained mindset, constrained, process-oriented, if you find yourself being a person that wants process, rules, regulations, there's there's a there's an acceptable way of behavior, what you should do, how you should engage people. There's 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 structure, and and that that structure should be maintained, and, and we should have a process. If 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 that's how you frame your mindset and how you frame your life, you are you have a brain that's more on that constrained mindset. However, there's other people that don't have their brain hardwired that way. It's an unconstrained mindset, which, generally speaking, is more of what's considered a progressive mindset. Progressivism. You've probably heard of that. In a nutshell, ends justify the means. Me, I'm a process guy. So, if I'm sitting here with you and other people, and we want to come up with a public policy. What we're going to do is we're going to sit there and we're going to, all of us are going to put our ideas on the table of what that public policy should be. And then we're going to start, then the next step in the process is to flesh out which ones have merit, which ones don't, economically, however, whatever it is, what, whatever the, the, the thing that we want, we've got to start fleshing out how we want to go about doing it. Which means oftentimes we're bringing more people to the table, we're having public meetings, we're engaging people, we're, we're listening to people, we're going through, and we're running analysis, blah, blah, blah. And we start whittling away at what that thing is that we want to accomplish. To eventually we come out the other end with meetings and and public involvement and votes and you know motions. and There's a process and, and out the other end of the process comes something. And if the, in my mind, if the something is righteous, if the something, let me phrase that. If the process is righteous and we've done our due diligence through the process to make it fair, make it equitable, make it, everybody has an equal voice. Everybody has input. Everybody knows the rules on how we're going to vote and how we're going to achieve this thing and everybody follows the rules and we and we go out the other end and we follow the process i don't care really what that thing is out the other end it might not even look like anything that was my idea but the process was holy the process was righteous it was right and we avoided wrong we kept it sanct it, it, it was it was Sacred. It, the, the process was what was upheld. When the process is upheld, maybe we each own, we each don't have the ultimate outcome be exactly what we wanted, but there are going to be components in that thing that we can live with that we, that we that we did want. There are other things that we can live with, and maybe there are a couple things that we don't like. Okay, we can go fight another day. We can come back. We we can try something later on. But the process was good. Therefore, we will accept what comes out the other end. But the process has to be righteous. If the, if the process is bastardized, no. I'm not going to accept the, uh, the outcome. 
or I'm going to have a real problem accepting the outcome. Let's go back to my commission meeting. There was a process in play. That process was righteous. It's been proven over time through legislative action and, and, and governors and et cetera that, that the Wildlife Commission works this way by these people and this process goes forward, the three-step process of the public input. We'd, all of the process is there and it's, and it's it's holy. It's good. It works. It's consistent across time to produce the best outcome across time on all sorts of broad items. But when I walked into that room, I was looking at it and I'm like, this process is broken. It's being bastardized. And I had a problem with that. Fast forward to Will and Jim. I'm watching the process. I know what the process is. I know what the rules are. I know what I know where my lane is. How many military guys am I listening to out there that are having troubles now because of this bullshit where in the military, we know our lane. We know our rank. We know our place. We don't have to like it. We don't, but we have a rank, we have a time and grade, and we have a skill set. And guess what? There are things that we can do to increase that. There's some things we have to just swallow because it is what it is, but we know where our lane is, and everybody knows where their lane is. The military is very much built on a constrained mindset, process-oriented. Over time, things work better for more people across a wider set of, of variables when a good process that's tried and true is maintained and held righteous and adhered to. But then there's those people that run their lives by ends justify the means, progressives. I don't care what we have to do to get to this end state. The end state that I want is the end state that I want, and I'm going to get the end state that I want, and I don't give a shit how I do it. If I have to lie to you, if I have to cheat you, I have to stab you in the back, if I have to go behind your back and manipulate other people against you, I don't care. Now, if we go through a process and, and the process comes out the other end and I get what I want, well, then absolutely, that was exactly what it needed to be. And that's how it is. And, and, and that's that, that we, we can't argue it. But if we go through the process and the process is righteous and everything comes out the other end and I don't get what I want, well, screw the process. I don't like the process. And you guys, re- I'm going to do my own thing anyway. And I'm going to go around behind your back and I'm going to try to to screw you. I watched that with the Colorado roadless rule. We can talk about that someday. Utter bullshit. An absolute righteous process to come up with what the forest service management was going to be in the state of Colorado for all users. It was heralded at the time as probably one of the greatest, singular greatest achievements in in public land, wildlife, habitat, conservation efforts, recreation, all use ever. And a handful of progressive sportsmen organizations didn't like that they didn't get all that they wanted. And so they took that issue, went straight to Washington, D.C. They lobbied their interest in Washington, D.C. They hamstrung the whole thing. They made Washington, D.C. interject several other options that were not part of what came out of the inclusive, righteous process that Colorado went through. They got a couple other alternatives put on the table. And then what they did is they went nationwide and they lobbied their, I mean, they just got their organizations activated and they did their typical bullshit public campaign and they spun the reality. They spun the truth. They spun the narrative to get people whipped up. And guess what? People in Connecticut now voted on what Colorado could do. People in Hawaii could vote on what Colorado should do. Now that's the public process. That is the public process. The problem is, is we had progressives 
hijack the process and ramrod their ideology down someone else's throat, then lie to the public. And then guess what? When it went to the national public input and the Washington DC had to approve it, they ramrodded a whole bunch of their stuff down the throats and they shut down a lot of, of what could have been done in Colorado. And quite honestly, it negatively impacted the ability for hunters and wildlife conservationists to do what was responsible for wildlife management. And again, we can talk more about this later, but basically they wanted more wilderness because they didn't want oil and gas. They knew darn well that they couldn't get wilderness through Congress. So they basically hamstrung a freaking process to incorporate, to basically get the public to vote in de facto wilderness on several hundred thousand eight more acres because they didn't want the possibility of oil and gas development on it. But the way they wrote, wrote the, 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 what they wanted absolutely precluded the ability to go in and do habitat improvement projects, forest management projects, erosion control, water development, noxious weed control. Hell, it even limited what they could do on fire mitigation. It just completely hamstrung the the state, the, the forest service themselves, the personnel on the ground. It hamstrung the Department of Natural Resources and the, wild, and the Department of Wildlife in, in Colorado. It hamstrung recreation. It hamstrung hunting. Because ends justify the means. I talk about this all the time. There are two types of people in this world. Those that wish to be left alone and those that refuse to. The problem is, is there's another type, there's another, there's another adage that seems to hold true. The world is run by those who show up. You want to guess on uh, who shows up in that first scenario? Spoiler alert. Those that wish to be left alone never show up. So when you're faced with me, me, Chris Rose, faced watching bullies, people that, that run their lives by the ideology of ends justify the means. I watch what's going on. I watch the bastardization of a process. And I don't know why, okay? And this is this is what I'm, 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 tra- I'm having trouble gripping myself in my brain. I don't know why I developed this or this is who I am. Maybe it's because of who my mom was uh, genetically. Maybe it was partly my experience um, growing up. Maybe it was partly my experience in the military. Um, I, I, and, and I... Don't get me wrong. I was not a high-speed operator in the military. I, I didn't join the military because that was what I felt my purpose was. Literally, I ran out of money going to college after high school, and I'm damn sure not going to go back home. So I joined the military because they were going to give me money and a skill set. I chose the Army because they could, I could choose my MOS, my military occupational specialty in the Army. And I chose, if I'm going to join the military, I want to get a skill. So I chose to be a surveyor. Because guess what? You get out of the military, you can go get a civilian job as a surveyor. Thank you for the on-the-job on training. And I did that for a little while. But also Army, I went Army because it had the GI Bill like everybody does, but it also had the Army College Fund. It's double dipping on the money. I get more money. So I went the Army. I went Army to learn a skill and get money. That is why. Now, when I was in, all of a sudden I, I, I started to I started to, to see a deeper level of connection on on organizations and people and, and how you, again, that, that structure. And for, I don't know, I don't know why, but it became something, a part of me. And the reason why, and I, and I look at what I did, I, I've done over these years, military, with my wildlife stuff, with the political stuff I was involved with, with in Colorado. I mean, literally, guys, I was so involved with 
Colorado sportsman's politics. I was literally at the Capitol um, once, twice a week. Like, I was involved with everything. Leading some things. Um, because I just couldn't stomach, I just couldn't swallow watching progressive ideology ramrod their ideas down other people's throats. And, and I say progressive ideology. I'm not saying leftists. Most of them were leftists because that's where generally the progressive mindset kind of lies. But you can absolutely be a right-wing, a right-leaning progressive. Trump is a, a right-leaning progressive. We'll get to that here in a minute because people want to know why I'm starting to post political stuff because it, 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 it impacts you as a sportsman, as a hunter. But we'll get to that in a minute. But for a large chunk of my life, I was involved with process. I was involved with the maintenance of process. I was involved with the defense of process. I fought against progressive ideologies where someone would come in and shove somebody's idea down the side. I, li- I remember literally sitting, okay, so when the global warming thing was was ramping up, do you, did anybody ever see that piece of worthless crap drivel uh, publication called Season's End? Oh, go look it up. It's the it's the biggest piece of propaganda garbage I've ever, ever looked at in my life. And it's from sportsmen's organizations. The reason why it's a bunch of propagandist BS is because it strategically leaves out a whole shit ton of good information out there that will help people make better, more critical critical decision-making processes and it did not move the needle down the... It didn't move the needle. It didn't advance the ball toward building more resilient habitats. All it wanted to do was create a system by where you were going to pay a hell of a lot more in taxes... Big governments were going to be able to get a shit ton more of money to do whatever the hell they wanted. And oh, by the way, we were going to, you know, for the United States, we were going to have a $50 million pot of money that, that, you know, could be used for conservation purposes. 50 million. That, that, that was your solution. 50 million. So, okay, let's see how that works out. Okay. Uh, you've got 50 states, uh, 50 states divided by 50 million. That's 1 million per state. Okay. Uh, in each state, there's probably what? How many organizations? How many pro- pet projects? How many things can you do in your state with money for conservation projects? How far does a million dollars really go? Now, if you all got your ducks in a row and, and all rallied around one thing, maybe a million dollars can help move the needle a little bit. But that's not what I was hearing in Colorado. We had 50 different organizations all wanting to compete for that, that money so that literally they could do more research looking at previous research that was looking at research that someone else did researching the previous research. I'm not exaggerating that. I sat in the global warming working group. The, 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 the what was it? Colorado? Uh, what was the name of it? Basically, it was the climate change working group. I sat on that committee for a while and then I just walked away because it was a friggin' joke. Because all it was was people figuring out a way, how can we game the system to get people to buy into paying way more taxes so that maybe when the money comes in and we get our trickle-down, water-down piece of little pie, our group can hire a high-paying grant writer so our group 
can get more money so we can maintain the staff at our nonprofit organization just looking at data someone else got. It was, it, it, it was, it was appalling. It was appalling. From a wildlife, from a wildlife field, uh, uh, there was something, you, if, if anybody followed me in the past, you, you heard something called, or you'd see me listed as Chris Rowe, CWB, stands for Certified Wildlife Biologist. Certification, professional certification from the wildlife field is no different than a lot of other fields. You, if you want to be professionally certified through this organ, through the professional organization of whatever that is, plumbers, electricians, lawyers, whatever, if you want to be certified or in the lawyers, bar license, whatever, you have to meet certain requirements. You, you, there's a standard and a process by which you are accredited that you in fact are legit as a wildlife biologist in my case. That organization is the Wildlife Society. That society had a process by which you could apply for and achieve and maintain your certification. My wife sat on the certification board. She was one of the gatekeepers that said who gets to come in and who doesn't. You want to know how badly that thing started getting bastardized? Just from political purposes? Science no longer became science. Credibility never started, it it, it started to deteriorate. There was no credibility. We weren't doing, I watched the organization put forth science and publish papers that weren't based on anything moving the needle. It was based on, it was politically expedient. It was popular. It was the, the environmental thing to do, even though there was, it was rife with problems. So not only were we seeing science being bastardized, we could see that today. In all sorts of things, whether we're talking global warming or we're talking about the wolf issue or whether we're talking, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. You can see it being bastardized all the time now. Science is no, in many cases, is not neutral, blind, and, 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 and unbiased. It's literally conducted for a purpose, for an ends, for, a, for a, a, an ends, justify the means. We're going to use science to justify what we already believe. Not only did we start seeing that in the Wildlife Society, but on the certification board, my wife sitting there listening and watching people nominate folks to be certified that have no credit, none of the qualifications that are required. And they wanted to just, oh, don't worry about that. Let's just, it, it just we'll just give them a waiver because these people are so incredible. They're doing such great work and over here or over there or this, this guy, the philosophy he brings to me. These people had no business being certified. But yet we're going to bastardize the process and we're going to go to give them a certification anyway because it makes me look good. Because I voted for him, now when I go and I rub elbows with him next time, maybe I can get involved with his research. It has nothing to do with the sanctity of the process. It had everything to do about selfish, selfish bastardization of the process. And for years... I stood up, and that's why we're no longer CWD. I am now a member again of the Wildlife Society, but but for a while there, we both walked away from it. We're like, we're done, because it's it's just a bastardization. There's there's no there's very little integrity here that we can stand on. the 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 foundation of what we thought we were we were standing on was weak and shaky. I'm rounding out this to come back to what I played in the beginning with Jordan Peterson. I could not understand for the life of me why I was stopped. In 2020, 
I just felt like I got stuck down in a freaking mud hole, waist deep. And the more and I, the more I was watching, the more I thought I, I, I felt like I was just flailing, and I was just getting deeper, and I couldn't understand why I was stopped and why I couldn't move forward. And then it finally dawned on me: I'm no longer involved with fighting for, defending proper process. The bottom line is, folks, I'm an American. I, 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 my, who, who, who is Chris Rowe? He's not an educator. He's not a wildlife biologist. That's what I do. Who I am, I've come to, and it sounds so stupidly cliche. Trust me, I know. You don't have to tell me I know because I've been wrestling with this and trying to figure out how to frame my mind around it and I can't, I can't game it, I can't twist it, I can't say anything else other than what the truth is to me and how it feels, but guess what? I'm an American who believes in the Constitution. Why? Because the Constitution and the founders and how how it came to be prior to its existence, prior to its development, all of the people that eventually came together all of their experiences all of their knowledge all of their qualifications all of those people somehow coalesced in this new land new world and because of that because of their collective desire to live free and the knowledge that progressive ideologies ends justify the means is wrong and because they understand the, the the nature of human behavior is to accumulate some to accumulate power and, and subject to the others, <coughs> and the fact that there's a lot of people out there that just want someone to take care of them, the fact that there's a lot of people that just simply want to be taken care of by the government, and the fact that there's people out there that would love to game that system and and, and manipulate that for their own power is rife with with problems. And so the Constitution of the United States was written. The processes by which we are we should be as Americans regulate and in, in, in um going about our lives is based off of a process. And what you heard Dr. Peterson say there, a, a moral. It, it, um, it doesn't matter if you, you you don't need a religion. And that's why there's the separation of, of church and state. We, you don't need a religion to, to push down a, a, a set of morals upon you. You intrinsically yourself over time, again, how you play the game. Football, baseball, soccer, all, or business or whatever, there, there are rules to the game that everybody knows that these are the rules. This is how we engage this activity within these bounds, within these rules. As long as we adhere to the rules, the rules were developed and over time were fine-tuned to give us the, if we follow the rules and we play fair, morally, when we get out the other end, win or lose, it works best for everyone. It's going to give the best outcome for the most people over time. We can have a better discussion later. The people that are yelling in their phones, right? If you haven't even, you probably turn this damn thing off. That's fine. Go. We're going to get to this in a minute. You, we, we, it's not saying it's perfect. 
It's not saying it's a perfect system. Sometimes your baby will shit their pants. You don't go throw the baby in the trash. You take the diaper off. You get down in there with your face looking at it. And then you get your hands in there and you clean it up. You clean it up and you're like, okay, that good. We Okay, he's it's clean. Oh, good. Excellent. All of a sudden, he pisses all over your face. You don't throw the baby in the backyard. You wash your face. You say some words. And if it's innocent enough, you laugh about it. But you clean yourself up. You clean them up. You put their clothes back on. And then you go about enjoying your baby. And you are going to have some shitty days repeatedly. But over time, you're going to have less shittier days. And over time, they're going to be able to handle their own shit. And you're not going to have to. Now, you're not going to have to. You're still going to have days where you want to chuck them in the backyard. But you don't. You can be mad about what you're seeing today and you, you can be angry about what, what some things have been happening and we don't need to go into all of them, but just understand, <clears throat> I believe in a process and that has become who I am. That's It's always been a part of who I am and I've always been the guy that's been involved with, with fighting for it. Not And this is the other thing too and, and this will come out um, uh, later on. Again, the world is run by those who show up and the two types of people in this world, those that wish to be left alone and those that refuse to. Most of the time, those that want to show up are those that end up having more progressive ideologies and mindsets. The ones that just want to be left alone, they never show up. And most of the time, they're on that more conservative mindset. I'm not saying a political conservative, although it usually translates that way, but I'm just saying your mindset is more constrained. You are a process-oriented individual. Most of the time, those individuals are not showing up to places, shoving their ideology down someone else's throat. The problem is, and when I was politically active in Colorado... I would go to these things and I would testify. And, and I talked about this with the Arizona game camera ban um, you, that people needed to show up and testify. The problem is, is I would literally show up and I would be there to testify and I'd look around me and I'm literally the only one there going to bring a more conservative mindset to the table. I would, I I can't tell you how many freaking times I would art, you know, yell at my colleagues I'm like, dude, I don't need you to show up and and ram your ideology down someone's throat. That's not what I need. But I damn well need you to stand up and show up and defend yourself. At least defend yourself. And I'm going to get into some more about that with Pence. You, you wanted to know why I was doing some political stuff? I'll, I'll share here in a minute. No one, a lot of people don't stand up and defend themselves and it drives me nuts. And so somebody needs to and that somebody oftentimes in the past has been me. I'm not there to shove my ideology down someone else's throat. What I'm there usually doing is making sure, is the process being maintained? Are the rules being applied fairly? 
is this moving forward in a righteous and just manner or is someone bullshitting somebody is somebody acting like a bully is somebody ramming their ideology down someone else's throat by lies deceit and underhand sneaky bullshit and if that's the case i'm going to try to block it i'm going to try to get involved and i'm going to block it the, the oh sorry the the point behind the the season's end and the, the global warming thing that that climate change bullshit um <clears throat> i went to a meeting with a governor well, the governor didn't show up. The governor was supposed to show up, and all these people, all these organizations were all excited because we were going to have a meeting. We were going to have a face-to-face meeting with the governor of Colorado at the time. They didn't show up. The, the governor's assistant showed up. But anyway, I mean, I remember, and, 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 I'm, and I'm not going to name the organizations right now because I don't think it's, it, doesn't do any, it doesn't do anything because we can't dive into the discussion deeper. Someday, maybe we will. But let's just say there were, if I remember right, what, eight... I think eight. I don't think there was 12. Maybe there's eight. I don't know. There was roughly that many people besides me in the room, each one representing their own different organization. Sportsman's. Sportsman's organization. We got in that room and what I was told, and, and by the way, I was not invited to that meeting. I found out about the meeting, which I was I was supposed to be invited to the meeting because of who I was at the time and the, and the position I held within the sportsman's advisory group and, and blah, 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 blah. I found out about the meeting and I invited myself because I had the right to be there. But I wasn't. I wasn't invited. Uh, only a certain number of people were invited or group organizations were invited, which in I used to, well, someday we'll talk about it, but that, what I call the usual suspects. The same group of progressive ideology people were there, except for one. One was, one was another one that, that was generally not aligned but he thought he was there doing the right thing for his organization. And I, I, hey, I'll shake his hand. I'm still friends to it with him today. We walked into that room, sat down around the table. Everybody, of course, we're all sportsmen. We're talking about hunting. We're talking about fishing. We're talking about trips. We're talking about this and your successes. And we're passing the phone around, you know, showing pictures and blah, blah, blah. And it was, it, we were a bunch of sportsmen sitting in a room waiting to see the governor because we were going to talk about climate change policy in the state of Colorado. And how that, that that policy was going to be either beneficial or impact the sportsmen of the state. I thought I was going into the room to have an open discussion and start the process of having an open discussion of how we could move the needle forward on working with the state and federal agencies on, on be, building more resiliently resiliency in our habitats. I was wrong. I walked into a room and I sat down and I, what I quickly became was I was there to be a part of advocating for the state of Colorado to ignore the fact that the federal government wasn't going to go down the, the, uh, the line of cap and trade. Okay, cap and trade, some of you are going to remember that was the whole, you know, how they were going to cap carbon emissions. You couldn't have ex- excess amount of carbon emissions. And then if you did want to do more carbon emissions for you know burning gasoline or burning coal, whatever, you had to pay money and trade credits and so cap the carbon or trade the carbon, that's cap and trade. But that was the ploy to basically tax everyone ungodly sums of money to use fossil fuels so that way we could all get a pittance uh, out the other end for personal, I mean, for conservation use. So yeah, the federal government abandoned that and it wasn't going to go anywhere. So what this group had decided they were going to do they were going to go into that meeting and, and advocate that the governor do it himself, not through the legislation action. Didn't go to the legislature. No, no. We're, we want the governor 
to basically decree that the state of Colorado would do their own cap and trade. And they were, they, the state of Colorado would tax its citizens. And then that money that was from the tax, well, we want a portion of it. I sat there with my jaw freaking slapped on the table. I'm like, what are, what, what the, what, 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 what? No. So around the table, here it goes. I'm such, I'm so-and-so. I represent this organization. We have this many members and we're here to, to sign on basically this thing. Basically taking the season's end document and, and pushing that forward. Next man. I'm so-and-so and I represent this organization and, and I too, I agree. You know, we, we have, we have this many members and we, and I agree with this. Well, hold on a minute. Um, what the governor's assistant didn't realize that, okay, you two organizations are really not much different and your membership has about 90% overlap. So when when person A said he he represents 10,000 people and then person B says oh, we also represent 10,000 people, yeah, that's not 20,000 people. It was probably the same 10,000 people, just counted twice. Okay? So this happens all the time as well. Bullshit. Okay? That's where the processes gets bastardized and why Chrissy was always there. So here it goes around the room. I'm listening to these people saying, oh, this is what, and they did, they did. Sportsmen of Colorado want this. You're full of shit. Number one, so, okay, so it did, it gets to me. And I just freaking torpedoed that freaking boat from inside the boat. I just pulled the torpedo out and went pop and just blew it right through the bottom of that freaking ship. Blew it wide open. I was like, well, I'm here to tell you that no, all the sportsmen of Colorado do not agree with these people here. The sportsmen of Colorado do not support this type of, of legislation. Or, or not, not even, it was not legislation, it was action. They were wanting an action. No, they don't. And more importantly, we haven't, we as a sportsman body in Colorado haven't even discussed this because I'm a member of some of these organizations and we haven't discussed this in the organization. So I don't know where these pe- people are. These people are advocating for their own personal choice and maybe some of their membership but just to understand you know so-and-so governor's assistant no not all sportsmen in the state are on board with this and but but we are open for a a dialogue and a a, a chance to go through a process by which we do figure out what we want to do as a state if we want to tackle quote-unquote climate change you want to know how popular chrissy was at that meeting oh 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 Oh, we start at the beginning of the end of the coup on trying to get rid of me out of sportsman politics because holy shit, did I just crap in someone's bed? Oh, oh. But that was what was going on. And what still goes on to this day. Again, I'm, I'm getting off in the weeds and this is why I haven't talked about this because this is what happens. I'm going on two, two hours now. I know. I'm going to just keep going. I don't care if this is a four-hour podcast. You can choose to listen to it or not. Don't care. Um, so anyway, that I I want, I'm I'm saying that because that's what I, what I finally realized in 2020, when I moved to Kansas, I had, I kind of burned myself out in the politics world in Colorado. I had been doing it for so long. I'd been fighting for so long. And, and again, the world is run by those who show up 98% of the time. The people that show up are the freaking progressive ideology people. I don't care if you're left side. I don't care if you're right side. It's the people that show up that believe the ends justify the means. I have an emotional attachment to such and such, and I want my way. And so I'm going to do what I want to do to get my way. 
I don't like lighted knocks, so I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure lighted knocks never, ever happen. I'm going to lie. I'm going to bastardize. I'm going to twist the truth. I'm going to do this, that. But I don't care because I don't want lighted knocks. Blech. I don't like non-resident hunters. And I, I'm, I'm sick and tired of non-resident hunters ruining my state, so I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make sure that we reduce non-resident hunting to, to a lower level so I have more opportunity. I want wolves in my state. And I don't care whether or not the science supports it. And I don't care if other people don't like it. I like the idea of wolves in my state. So I'm going to do what I need to do to put wolves in the state. Who gives a shit what you want? You can just deal with it later. You want to know why I talk about politics these days? Because it relates to you, sportsman. We'll get to the Trump deal here in a minute. I'm talking about this because I'm passionate about what hits sportsmen. I am an American. I believe in the Constitution. I believe in the founding of this, this country, in the principles it was founded upon, and the process by which we should be operating this country. I know it's gotten bastardized, and I am there with you to say I want to try to change it with you. It needs to be changed, but we're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We're not going to chuck the baby in the garbage because it shit its pants. Sorry, it happens. Shit happens. We clean it up, and we move forward, and we grow. But that's not what's happening these days. I see more and more and more and more and more people living their lives from a progressive ideology, a progressive standpoint, an emotional standpoint where ends justify the means. I want what I want and I don't care what you want and I'm going to do whatever that needs to do to get what I want. Even if it means I'm going to steamroll over you, I'm going to shut down your business, I want masks because I'm scared of living, I, I, I'm, I don't want to get COVID and die, so I'm going to shut your business down so I don't have to live in as much fear. Because fear now is my virtue, and you damn well can't argue my virtue. So don't question my masks, but you better damn well not open up your restaurant. Screw you. Guess what? Chrissy's doing sitting in front of the microphone. Why? I got burned out on politics in Colorado because I was doing so much of it. But then when I moved to Kansas to run the stuff that I'm out here. I took a break and I, I walked away from it. And and it, and, and to be in the beginning, it, it was oh, freaking refreshing. Jeez, oh, Peter was refreshing. It was peaceful. And I'll, I'm not going to lie to you. There, I, I, there's nothing more than I like to do. And, and trust me, we're going to get to, in a minute, the arguments between my wife and I and the fact that... Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway... There's nothing more enjoyable than me hooking up the ranger with a spray rig or the drill seeder or just going out and being out in the woods dealing with wildlife management and growing food plots and setting up tree stands and, you know, in some ways doing some of the education stuff. There's, it's just so, it for me, it's almost, it's not mindless. I don't want to say mindless, but it's peaceful. But it leaves a hole. These past several years, there's been a hole in who Chris Rowe was, and I couldn't figure. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know it. I didn't realize it. That the hole just kept growing. As I watch more and more bullshit happen around the world, more and more this hole kept growing, and it just became harder and harder for me to 
want to be creative in my world for you because I do see the, the, the what's happening in this country and what's ha- it doesn't matter what's happening in states what's happening in the we can talk about Colorado and the wolf issue that there's some things there that pissing me off and and, and I'm not saying the environmentalists I know environmentalists. I can deal with environmentalists. I know who they are. What pisses me off is the conservative, quote-unquote, conservative side, the, the anti-wolf side. They were a bunch of freaking idiots. Anyway, so I see what goes on. You know, and I, I can talk about my own state here, Kansas, and we can talk about CWD or, or game management, uh, turkey management, or what. Uh, it doesn't matter. We, I've got my issues with what's, what Kansas is doing. But then I broaden that view, and, and I say, what the hell's going on with this country? And then I broaden my view and I say, what's going on social media? What's going on with media these days? And no one seems to be out there effectively. Okay, let me just say it. No, in my perception, it'd be it, through this past year, it seemed like no one was doing anything about it. I know that's wrong. I know that's not true. It seemed as though no one was doing anything about it. And so I just got more frustrated, more frustrated. And I wasn't understanding the fact that it's because of what Dr. Peterson said in the beginning, that, that clip I played. Your identity, who you are, and your engagement and, how do I want to put it? How do I want to put it? Your engagement's not quite quite right. Your adherence to it? I don't, I can't, I, I, I apologize. I don't know how to articulate, but your engagement in who you are, what your, what your, your core ideology is, what you base yourself off of, staying true to that and engaging that and, and understanding what it is that you are grounded upon absolutely affects how you do all the other things in your life. I had kind of walked away from it. I kind of walked away from who I was. I've always been the person that's going to stand up. I've always been the person that's going to get involved. I've always been the person that's going to at least try to buttress against bullies. Hell, I do, I'm doing that out here with some of the hunting stuff I've done. You know, people are, there's, there's a handful of people out here that hate my ever-loving guts. I mean, vehemently. And they still, to this day, I've been here seven years, and to this day they're still engaging in slander and defamation and making up rumors and lies and bullshit. Why? Because, I'm sorry, they were some of the riffraff that was causing the problems on some of the landowners' properties that the landowners got sick of, and so they wanted to put an end to it, and guess what? They hired Chris, or worked with Chris, and Chris walked in and put an end to it. Because I'm not related to everybody. I didn't go to high school and, and, and I'm not related by marriage or blood or what. I didn't screw and sleep with everybody. I, I have no connection here. So I can be brutally objective and without influence from the outside. Which means they have no leverage over me. I'm not related to them. I don't have family with them. I didn't sleep with them. I'm not, they've got nothing on me. And that pisses them off because guess what? They're gone. You're not going to cause problems on these lands. And if you can't respect what respect what me or what, what I am doing on behalf of and with the landowners I work with, I want no part of you. Beat, pound sand, beat feet, get be, be gone. You have no place here. 
I've always been the one to stand up to bullies and I've been, I, I, I am usually, I'm, I'm always been more involved and I have not been involved. And I think that was really bothering me this year because I was having a fundamental crisis of watching my country burn and not seeing anything happen. I, I not seeing people stand up and defend against it. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it, and again, it it does. It seems like cliche, but I mean, it's funny how movies and writers of movies can so perfectly encapsulate ideas um, just with with dialogue and an actor. I I, I it, it sounds stupid, but I'm going to just send it to you. The the movie The Matrix. You have Morpheus sitting there watching um, when when he realizes that no the the quote unquote the one was not supposed to end the war, and all of a sudden his ship is just blown up and it, it, a his belief just got blown up, and then b his ship, his world, everything that he had tangible that he was walking on and engaging with on a daily basis just blew the freaking hell up. It's on fire. With tears in his eyes, he stands there and he looks into the camera, he looks at the burning wreck and he says, I have dreamed a dream. But now that dream is gone from me. I'm not shitting you people. It really chokes me up because that's exactly how I felt. Excuse me. That is exactly how I have felt in 2020. I have dreamed a dream of this country, of what this country's standing for and what it's about. And, 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 and I've dreamed a dream. But now that dream is gone from me. It seems that way. I watch the riots. I watch. I watch Antifa. I watch the the march towards socialism. The, the the embracement of so many people that that want to get theirs. Eat the rich. I want mine. All the while ignoring throughout history <clears throat> where this all leads. And another reason why I love Jordan Peterson is because he this is what he built his career off of when he not career sorry this is how he started in his educational uh, endeavors and and became the man who he was he he was trying to understand how the the atrocities of the Holocaust the atrocities of Mao's China the atrocities uh, what what just all, throughout time how can man as a species, humans, end up in a situation where everything was so freaking good and then it ends up into the most just unbelievable, unbelievable atrocities. And I sit there and I'm watching the exact things that brought about the fall of Rome the the very things that brought about um, the end of Venezuela, you know, the fall of the economic powerhouse of Venezuela, what happened in Cuba, what happened in Nazi Germany, all of those things 
the ideology. It's not the politician. The politician is not the one doing it. It's the ideology of the masses that fuel that and allow a a singular entity or a small group of entities to rise to the top out of that society movement and then be the, the mouthpiece thereof. Hitler did not rise to power without the support of the people putting him in there. Rome did not fall because of a handful of individuals. It fell because of the populace and what they wanted and what they demanded by some of their their people. Venezuela did not fall from its incredible prosperity because one dictator came in and just was like, all right, here's, well, in a way. Anyway, we we can dive into the weeds on some of this stuff. People, uh, the society in many cases, most cases, Russia, the Soviet Union, the rise of socialism and communism and that nationalism type ideology rises because the populace wants something. And many times it's, I want mine, I want mine, I want mine, and I want it from someone else. Someone else is to blame for my my plight in life. You want to know why I posted that on social media the other day with PragerU and Jordan Peterson? <clears throat> Elizabeth Warren sitting there saying, the reason why you're miserable is because of, of people that are around you that are corrupt and they've taken advantage of you. Guess what? Oh yeah, there's a part of it. I'm miserable because the things are corrupt. You're damn right I am. But guess what? It's not why you're miserable. It's not. You're miserable because there's something in you that you know that you're probably not doing, that you could do. You can change yourself. You can adjust. And this is what I've been doing this past year. Really, really, really trying to wrap my head around my emotion, what I believe, why I believe it, what can I do about it. In the position I am in, where I'm in right now, the one thing I can do about it is I can talk. I don't give a shit if you, if there's three people on the other end of this on the speakers on the other end I don't care but I can start to talk because I have actively resisted talking about things and sharing ideas for these past five years and I think it is it has led me to where I am so frustrated that we are where we are that <clears throat> it 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 stopped me it's it just flat stopped me so I hope that makes sense. I know I didn't probably articulate all the things I probably wanted to articulate, but that's that's just that's just what happened. I mean, it just I, I know what my I know I know who I am and I know what my my foundation is. I know what my grounding is. I know what my I my my identity is from which I've built who I am and what I do. And so no, I'm I'm sorry. I I can't not comment on things these days that I see as problematic, especially when I can can tell you that even though a a situation doesn't seem like it's going to affect you as a sportsman, well, you know, it it, it will, it will, it does. The, The idea, the ideology of the ends justify the means, the ideology of the progressive mindset is a cancer that will continue to grow and consume every aspect of your life if you let it, if we let it. 
And I'm just, I, I know I can't stop it. I can't fight it. But the least I can do is just say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to ring the bell here. I'm going to flash the light. I'm going to wave the flag and say, uh, problem, problem. Let's think about this. Let's think about that. All right. So I, I did, I started putting up some political posts. Oh shit. Have I started getting some blowback now? Number one, <clears throat> let me just right off the bat. I know my wife does not want me to do this. She does not. Nope. Um, because I have a serious chance of losing followers. I have a serious chance of losing subscribers and it could negatively impact the money that we are generating from row hunting resources because why the hell are you coming to me? Because I'm just, I'm the guy that just, you're supposed to come to for hunting stuff, not politics stuff. You're right. You're absolutely right. That is what I do. The the hunting stuff is what I do. Um, and I am a firm believer in the capitalist system, <clears throat> uh, flaws and all. I, I think it's, a, I think it's the best system out there. So crucify me if you want on that. But I do believe that you should have the right to uh, take your money where you want to take your money. And you should be able to support who you want to be able to support. But here's what I believe. I believe you ought to have a chance to hear me and make that decision yourself. I don't believe that my voice should be censored. I also don't believe that I should be censored myself. I have been censoring myself for how many years because I've been scared about whether it was going to impact my ability to make money or not. And so I've been censoring myself. And that's part of why I I got to be to the point where I was miserable in 2020 because there were so many things I wanted to say. And I said to myself, I can't because I'm going to piss somebody off. So I'm censoring myself in hopes to, to, so what? I get your 20 bucks? Now, collectively, if there's 10,000 of you out there that want to give me 20 bucks, okay, that's going to hurt. If all of you say, screw you, Ro, we don't want any, moving on, we're going to take our money somewhere else. I believe you have the right to do that, and I support your right to do that, but I do believe that you ought to at least have the chance to hear it out of my mouth so you can evaluate yourself on whether or not what you hear is completely egregious or whether or not, okay, well, we have a different idea, we have a different mindset and we have different opinions. Maybe all I do, (coughs) besides piss you off, is give you something more to think about that you didn't get in the echo chamber of your own social media and your own life. Maybe. Because here's the other thing that I've I've grown to appreciate. And and, and this one this one hurt. Like kick myself in my own nuts type of hurt. I used to be that guy that used to say, you know, like Tom Hanks, shut the freaking hell up. I don't want to hear Tom Hanks' ideology. I don't want to hear his philosophy and politics. I don't want him, I don't want to, I don't I, I don't care. I, I don't care what he thinks politically, socially. I don't care. Just get back up on that screen, monkey, and dance. You're an actor. Be an actor. Shut up. Get on the screen and dance. Perform for me. You're in my... I want to to see circuses. You're the monkey. You're the clown. Get out there and perform for me. And shut your mouth. There's a lot of people that believe that. In one way, shape, or form. I was kind of that person for a while. I didn't really... I didn't want to hear... Another interview with Tom Hanks talking. Listen. It's one thing to disagree with someone. I get it. Absolutely. I disagree with people all the time. Quite honestly, it's another thing to be mad at someone. Absolutely. I can be mad about what someone says or what they, you know, what they say or what they believe or what they've done. It's another thing to cancel them. It's another thing to just absolutely shut their voice down where it cannot be heard. 
if if Tom Hanks is on a, a TV station and talking about politics, I can turn the TV station. And while that while I had that right, and while that was the extent of which um, uh, communication discourse discourse and communication uh, that was the state of where it was at back in the day. Now I'm seeing where social media you're not allowed to see it. I say something. Um, I mean, look at look at Facebook. If I if I if all I I could be talking about the most I could be talking about unicorns, rainbows, lollipops, and how, and I could I could have sixteen paragraphs, and the last word in that string says COVID. Automatically, Facebook's going to flag it, and they're going to put this thing. Well, fact check. You know, if you want to learn more about COVID, you can click here. But okay, folks, my post didn't have a shitting thing to do really with COVID. I don't need you to put a qualification on what I just said. If I have a picture of something out there of of me doing some doing something, and someone decides, oh, I don't like him or her. I don't like what they say, so I'm going to flag. I'm going to report it, and all of a sudden now I've got to click on a blank screen to see. Uh, we're going to protect you from seeing this. So you, you, you know, be, be careful if you click this and now with warnings with it, you know, if you click this picture, understand that you you may be getting bad information and this may not be true. Are you kidding me? You're now I'm not allowed to hear what someone says. Okay. I, I didn't agree with what an actor said. I didn't like what an actor said. But you're damn right, I want to know what they said. I want to have the ability to know what they said. I want to know what they said so I can choose whether or not I want to follow them or not. I want to know who they are. I have friends on social, some of them, I've had some block me already just because they're freaking fragile snowflakes. And I'll say that to their face because they're intellectually immature. They're they're emotionally immature. They can't handle me just literally asking a question and I'm going to block you. No, I have a number of people that I follow on social media, friends and family. They're flaming leftists. They are completely off the other chart of of where I am as far as uh, political ideology. But I follow them. Why? Because I want to know what they're saying. I want to know what they're thinking. I want to know what they're consuming. I want to know how they, I want to know what's going on in their world. Some of them I disagree with vehemently. And quite honestly, I don't like their politics at all. I'm angry with it because they want to basically set me on a course of subjugation where I've got to pay for all their welfare programs so they can sit on their ass and not work. No, sorry, not going to buy it. But I damn well want to know what they're saying so at least I know what I'm what I'm dealing with well guess what folks I know that some of you don't want to hear this then fine don't click on this podcast don't follow some of the other stuff just follow what I do for the hunting stuff because guess what what I finally realized for myself is no I I don't follow Tom I I don't watch a Tom Hanks movie because I like Tom Hanks's ideology. I watch Tom Hanks's movies because he's a freaking good actor. And he's usually in some really good movies. I don't follow Tom. I don't watch a Tom Cruise. I don't watch the next Mission Impossible or Top Gun because I want to become a Scientologist like Tom Cruise. I don't give a shit about that. It's just a good movie. 
Now, while I didn't used to like to hear what he believed, I damn well believe he has the right to say it. And he damn well has should have an avenue and a platform by which to say it. And I can choose not to listen to it or not. And just because he has a, a, a program somewhere, an interview, where he talks about his Scientology or he talks about some political view or some other actress or actor or whatever wants to get up there and spew forth socialist communist bullshit, that's fine. I don't have to listen to that. But when they come out and have another comedy special, guess what? I'm going to listen to it, at least up to the point where they get stupid. But if they're funny, they're funny. I don't have to cancel them because, well, they said something I don't like. I didn't grasp that until this year when we really started to see censorship and this cancel culture has absolutely gone apeshit. It's, it pisses me off, but I was partly the one that was guilty of it until it get, got to the point where we're, 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 we're outside the rules. The rules were freedom of speech. The rules are you get to say what you want to say as long as it's not directly hurting someone. We have rules against speech. Slander. Okay? I can't go out and be out there engaged in defamation. Slander. I can't. I can't falsify my testimony to try to get somebody to... to I can't come up with a lie and try to get somebody in, in trouble. But now that's being marginalized and that's being accepted because of a red flag rule. I can not like my neighbor and I can claim that he is emotionally unstable and uh, he was he was going after somebody. I can make up whatever story I want and trigger a red flag log and now that, that person has to go through a world of shit because, well, I can say whatever I want. No. No. So I understand. I understand that there's some of you that do not want to listen to what I have to say when it's not related to actual behavior, communication, vocalizations, habitat management, and that type of stuff. I get it. I get it. Amen, brother, sister. I get it. And I respect your right not to listen. All I ask is your respect and for my right to do so and be able to vent at least every now and then on things that I see that are wrong that we need to be careful of. And some of that is going to be politically based because the ideology behind what I'm seeing is going to it has the potential to pervade into our world in hunting, conservation. I've seen it repeatedly. And so it needs to be talked about. And maybe... If you, if you can give me this amount of grace, temperance, forbearance, patience, maybe 95% of what I talk about in some of these non-hunting related things are going to absolutely freaking inflame your brain. You are going to be yelling at your at, in your car, ah, no! But then there they might be, might be, might, might be that one thing, that one little thing, just like I know many of you found in the elk module. 
You listened to my videos and you went through those videos and you're like, I know this, I know this, I know this, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, nope, nope. I know this. I'm that. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What did, what did, wait, wait, what did he say? Oh my gosh. I never thought of it that way. And now that way you said something now causes me to have a deeper understanding or a different level of thinking on this topic that I ever had before. Maybe that's the value of it. Maybe that's just the value of it. Maybe you're not going to like what I have to say, but maybe there's something of value in there. And if there's not, then who cares? Just freaking delete. Just move on. But I'm watching my fellow sportsmen and women head down a road that never, ever ends well. And way before we end up in breadlines, we're going to see negative impacts to our hunting and our hunting culture. And it's not going to be the same. And we're going to lose it. And if we lose it, we're going to lose it. Period. It's gone. So, yes, there's going to be some political posts. And the political post that I talked about today that really lit some freaking people on fire, which I think was awesome, was about today. January 6th, Congress is right now going through and they're, and they're uh, going to certify the votes, the election of the 2020 election. And some of people were mad that I had talked about the fraud um, and what Mike Pence has to do. Okay. I People need to wake up. People need to wake up and stop being emotional. I know that orange man bad. I know that you don't like Trump. I, listen, I did not vote for Trump the first go around. Trump is a progressive. He's a right-wing progressive. I don't like progressives. If you, uh, uh, let me just put it this way, okay? And just paint, if, if you run your world, if you run your ideology and the way you run your life is, is through an ends justify the means uh, uh, philosophy, I want nothing to do with you. I, I really don't. If, if you're willing to lie, cheat, steal, uh, manipulate, and do whatever it, whatever you need to do in order to get what you want because you you have some, your, 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 it, it doesn't matter. I, I don't have to embellish it. <clears throat> if you run your life by the by the ideology that ends justify the means, I want nothing to do with you. I don't. Now, if you listen to Thomas Sowell and you go through the personality course of Jordan Peterson, you're going to find out that that we all, in our brains, we all have a little bit of both. We all have that constrained mindset where we are, we're process-oriented and we all have a little bit or at least some of the ends justify the means scenario case in point some of my my more constrained colleagues out there or, or friends out there listening to this you're like oh i don't i don't okay yeah so do you have a daughter do you, do you have a daughter okay um say you walk home one night and you're and you walk into the room and your daughter is in the process of being raped what are you going to do go ahead i'll let you vent Keep going, because I know you're... I, yeah, I can hear you. Um, are you going to back out of the house and then call 911 for... You know, you want to be safe. Um, you don't want to engage the person because it could be dangerous. It could be dangerous for your daughter. Uh, so you're just going to stop there. You're going to ask him politely to stop. Um, and then uh, you're going to call 911. And you're going to ask him politely when he's done to stay there uh, because the police haven't gotten there yet. Uh, you're you're gonna ask him politely. You don't want to engage him. Uh, you, you you know you, you just you just want to politely ask him to stay uh, because you know you 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 called nine one one and if he's got a weapon you're just gonna retreat to the other room because uh, you don't want to engage him. 
Um, and you're going to let the process work. You, you, you didn't do anything. You, you called 911 like you're supposed to. Uh, you let, let the cops handle it and, 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 let, and let the justice system work. That's process-oriented, right? Right? Or, <clears throat> let, let's just say, or are you going to do something else? Yeah. All of us have a, a component of ends justify the means uh, in us. It all depends on which one, again, again, this is the other thing about social media these days. So many universal truths have been shared effectively through a meme type mechanism that we can oftentimes think that if it's a meme, it's just a joke. It, or it doesn't hold weight or it's not true. It's just a, it's just this little thing that you see come across your Instagram or, or Facebook. Some of them are, but but there are some deep truths that are shared in some of those. Um, and one of the things that you'll hear people talk about is, <clears throat> you know, the, the the analogy, the parable, whatever. It's, it's been brought up in numerous ways of where there's two wolves battling inside you. And the the point behind the, the statement was is well, which one wins? And and whoever the wise person was telling you it says which what whichever one you feed. So in the brain, <clears throat> we do. We we all have a bit of constrained and we all have a bit of unconstrained mindset. We have the process-oriented portion and we have the ends justify the means portion. It all depends on which one we feed and, and, and really how our brains are hardwired and, and which one we gravitate to. Social media helps put us in those silos more and more and it, and it puts a chain, no, it puts a concrete wall around us and it, and it imprisons us even deeper and deeper and deeper as we, as we engage it. But um, we all have that in, in our brain and um, some of it's genetic, some of it's environment, some of it's uh, how you're brought up, but regardless, we all have it in, in our head. And so, um, I just have no use for people that predominantly run their life by a progressive ideology. And if you don't, if that's who you are and that offends you and you don't want to, uh, support me financially through rohiding resources, good. What was Jocko say? Good. No factor. I don't care. Goodbye. And quite honestly... If you're the type of person that is so emotionally weak, so fragile that you can't handle someone else's opinion, someone else's conversation, that you can't handle it and that you can't support them for what they actually do. Again, I go and see a Tom Hanks movie because his acting is freaking good. I don't like his ideology. I'm not trying to support his ideology, but I will support his craft. Yep, I will. If you can't support someone that you disagree with, from my perspective, I don't I don't want you on my platform. I don't want you going through the elk module. I hope you go up in the mountains and flail and freaking fail just miserably year after year after year. I hope you suffer the consequences that you have. If you can't handle listening to a different voice and considering it, you don't have to buy it, but at least listen to it and go, huh, nope, I think he's, nope, I think he's wrong. Anyway, next one. I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I, I, I don't, I don't need you as, as a follower. Yeah, I would love your money, but you know what? I don't want your money because you want my money. 
Those type of people want my money. They they want they want to they want to tax me to eighteen ways from Sunday. They want universal basic income. Yeah, they want all this stuff being taken care of for them. Oh, they want my money, but 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 you don't want to give me. Yeah, screw it. I I, I don't want any part of you. Move on. Move on. Go follow all the, uh, the the myriad of other places you can get your information. See how that does for you. Because you flailed before you got to me. I helped you make a difference, and now and now now you're offended. Just piss off. I don't care. And I know that this is going to have a, a, a could have a uh, financial uh, impact on me. But then again, I look at my uh, the founding fathers of this country, and this is what pisses me off about what I saw all last year about people not standing up and 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 doing something against the people that were rioting in their cities. Is our, our founding fathers pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to do the right thing, to say the right thing, to do the right thing. Some of them were killed. Some of them were imprisoned. Most of them were broke. They, 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 they put up their lives, their fortune, their money, their ability to make money, and their honor to put forth something incredible that we have all taken advantage of and literally have helped propel the globe out of poverty. If you, if you can't support... If you... If you can't even, I know this could have a risk financially for me, but I know I'm going to have a, uh, I, I, I know I'm going to have a better mindset, peace in my head, if I can at least talk about some of these things, and we're going to let the chips fall where they may. Um. <clears throat> These po- the, the 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 election. All right. So what I posted the other night was the fact that um, Jim Caviezel doing the speech by Ronald Reagan about the last bastion of hope, and, and if we lose it. And what I talked about was the fact that Mike Pence has the ability to set this course back on a better path. Now, I want I want to I want to clarify to those people who are just losing their shit right now. <clears throat> Pump the freaking brakes and listen. I don't care. Honestly, I don't care if truly it is Trump that gets reelected. Now, I, I do and I don't. Here, let, me, let me explain myself without you having a brain aneurysm and going, you know, careening off into the ditch in your vehicle because you're listening. Okay? Here's the thing. Process. I just told you. Process-oriented. I am process-oriented, process-oriented. What is the process? If you think for a second that this 2020 election uh, election was not rife with fraud and corruption during the election process, you are out to freaking lunch. You're out to lunch. You are living in cognitive dissonance. There is way too much evidence out there. There We have dozens upon dozens of, upon dozens of affidavits by workers and people who are involved saying, no, I saw fraud. I watched fraud. I can attest to fraud. I know where it happened. I know when it happened. I know what, all of that. Hell, just what Pennsylvania did alone going around the state legislature is enough to say that's bullshit, that's fraud, that's unacceptable. The process was bastardized. You know damn well it was. The people that are on, that are wanting Biden, they want Trump gone, that, that orange man bad. You want Trump gone. Trust me, I get it. Listen to what I just said. Trust me, I get it. He's not a statesman. In my, 
I like what he's done economically. I like what he's done for some reform things. I just wish he'd just shut the freaking hell up, which is what you're probably telling me to do. I understand. I just wish he would shut the hell up and someone would take his freaking phone and smash it to bits and say, get the hell off of Twitter. Just shut up and go do your job. I get it. Me, do, me talking about this stuff is trying to get my mind wrapped around it and hopefully help you. What Trump did on 90% of his freaking tweets, it, it, it all he did was just lobbing bombs just to piss people off. And it just, it was unnecessary. I really did not support what he was doing on social media and what he was doing out in front of the camera 90% of the time. But he did a damn good job with the economy. And if you can't see that, you're freaking blind. You're, 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 you're willfully ignorant. You're willfully blind. There's too many avenues on uh, out there today for you to objectively look at what Trump accomplished during these past four years. I don't, I didn't vote for him. I did not vote for him the first go around because he is a progressive and I thought he was going to do way worse things. Honestly, absolutely. His, it's, he, he does things his way or the highway ends justify the means. And I was worried that he was going to do some really egregious things. It turned out he didn't not, not from a policy standpoint. Okay. So, but when we look at what the other side is, if you think Biden is the, 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 the true leader of our future, you are, again, uh, respectfully, you're delusional. The guy's been in, 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 in politics for what, almost 50 years? And he's done what? Seriously? Come on. Don't give me that crap. We need to be able to look things objectively. But here's the thing. I don't care what your ideology is. I don't care if Biden gets elected fair and square. But the problem is, is we know the damn well it wasn't fair and square. We know that there was election fraud. Now you said, oh, no, it wasn't. There's no evidence. And you know, they were just... bullshit. Wrong. What do we say in, 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 in the world today, in, in the Justice Department? It's not what you know. It's what you can prove. But you can only prove what you investigate, what you dig up. You can't tell me that in 2016, when you, when, when you, when, when the left claimed that Trump was illegitimate because there was, there was, there was tampering from the Russian government and they had, and, 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 and there was, there was foul play on the election uh, with this Russian collusion. And for the last four years, you've been, the, the left has literally been doing everything they can do. FBI, serious investigation, year in, year out, major tens of millions of dollars being spent on this investigation. Literally tearing open every freaking little pocket of anything they could find and rooting in there to find some smoking gun. I mean, tearing the world of the United States apart, trying to find collusion, trying to find something where it would make him illegitimate and you could kick him out of office and came up with nothing in four years. But we're going to, we can't even spend four weeks in, 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 in investigating the claims, the affidavits, the video evidence. We, no, no, we, no, well, yeah, you know, I, we, we don't have any really clear indication. We're not going to do, and so you're, you're just, you're just going to do this little cursory look and then, oh, no, no, correct. You, you, you're, you're correct. No, we don't have this smoking gun evidence. We, we don't have a pile. We didn't find, listen, I could come out on social media and say, 
I killed this guy. Say a home, say some guy disappears. There's a homeless, homeless guy that disappears. Everybody knew him. Uh, it doesn't have to be homeless. Regardless, somebody disappears, just vanishes. And then I come out on social media and I'm, I'm parading around like, ha ha, yep, I killed him. I killed him. Ha ha, ha ha ha, I killed him. He's dead because of me. I killed him. Am I going to go to jail? No. Where's the body? You don't have a body. You have a, you have, you have a missing individual. They're gone. And everybody knows they're gone. And people can say, I saw him at such and such a time and I saw him at such and such a time and I saw him go into there and, and, but then I never saw him come back out. I, I've never saw him after that. We can have a clear indication that the person existed, that people saw him right up to that point and then all of a sudden something happened. We don't know what happened, but something happened and he vanished. But there's no body. And, you, and, and I, can ha- I can be out there and I can claim that, that I'm the one who did it. I, I killed him, I killed him, I killed him. Okay, well, how'd you do it? Well, you know, and I can break up some story, but okay, where's the physical evidence? Where, where's the knife? Where's the gun? Where's the rope? Where, where, where is the evidence to, to, to say, oh, okay, here is a knife. Okay, Chris said he killed this guy and he killed him with a knife. And oh, sh- shit, we, we found the knife. Okay, and the knife has Chris's prints on it and uh, the blood is coming back as human blood. Oh, okay, uh, now there's some credibility. Uh... And then maybe you have a bottle that the guy drank from or whatever and you can find the DNA and it's like, oh shit, this mashes up. Am I going to go to jail? Where's the body? Is he dead? Is he not dead? You can only... It's not what you know, it's what you can prove and you only can prove what you investigate. Yes, you're right. There have been many people that have claimed fraud. Collusion, irregularities, absolutely. You know this. If you if you deny it, you're you're delusional. You're you're a liar. Okay, you you're either not exposed to it because of the silo of information that you're getting, or you've been exposed to it and it's been twisted and you don't want to believe it. But then regardless, it doesn't matter. There is there a question in your mind? Is is the is the is the question in the air? It doesn't even have to be in your mind. Is the question in the air? Yes, it is. That was good enough for you to spend four years to try to impeach Trump. It was in the air. It turns out it was just one person making a false statement and it it authorized, it doesn't matter. If you want to learn about the bullshit, then you can go learn about the bullshit that happened all these past four years about the Russian collusion crap. And not from MSNBC. I'm talking about from actual investigative journalists that have reported on what the facts actually were. It was in the air and so those people that were politically motivated used the FBI and the Justice Department to try to abs- spend four years to try to ruin a man and his legitimacy as a president. The question is in the air and it's on its face. We can see it in Pennsylvania. On its face, we can see there is corruption. Do we have the wherewithal to really dig it apart and, and investigate? No, no. So you're right you're right. There is no quote unquote convicted, uh, tried and, and, and settled on all of it, uh, uh, statement of, uh, you know, election fraud. No, 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 we didn't, but it's, it is there. If you want to open your eyes and see it, this is where for me, the process and what I posted the other night was based on what the process is. There is enough 
There's there's en- there's enough people in this country that are absolutely not happy with the appearance of what this election was. Remember, it was good enough for you in 2016 to set up four years to try to impeach a president. All we're talking about right now is can we can we can we do something about this election? I think we can, in a fair, process-oriented manner, a constitutionally justified, valid manner, which is when the when and and we have senators that are going to do it. They're going to object to the certification on constitutional grounds. We're going to have House of Representative folks object to it on constitutional grounds. At which point it triggers Mike Pence. He's the one that says this is certified and this is not. There is precedent. I would argue constitutional precedent. And, I, and you can listen to folks like Charlie Kirk or, or, or it doesn't matter. You, you, there's there Some of these guys are partisan people, but they also have some good analysis. Election of 1800. Election of 1876. And then back in 1960, I believe it was, the vice president or the president of the, the vice president, president of the Senate can elect himself or herself to verify or not certify an electoral vote. They can choose that. And if they say, nope, I'm not going to verify, I'm not going to, I'm not going to certify this vote. Everybody's losing their minds but you don't have to. It is constitutional. They can do that. It then doesn't mean Trump wins. All it means is we don't have faith in this election based on what we see and have heard and what we have do have evidence for that has yet to be prosecuted. We don't have, we, we, we don't have faith in this process. Therefore, we are going to execute the constitutional provisions on the elections, and we are going to kick this down to the House of Representatives. Wherein, that's proper, that's legitimate. It's not saying Trump wins. I mean, Pence could do that, but that's not saying that Trump wins. I don't want him to do that, but Trump could, or, or Pence could say, listen, we have enough, we have enough uncertainty about the verification of some of these states where I'm not going to certify the election. I'm not going to say these are holy. These are righteous. These are good. No, I'm not going to do it because there's way too many clouds in the air. There's way too many questions that have not been answered. I'm not going to certify them. He does not certify them. All of a sudden, because of this thing has been so razor close, now neither person, Trump or Biden, gets the number of electoral votes that they need to become president. So what happens? It gets kicked to the House of Representatives. What happens? Each state gets one vote. Each state gets to vote for the president. And given the fact that the nature of the House of Representatives is so freaking even right now with the states, it's unclear. Biden might get elected. 51% of the senators, or sorry, 50, sorry, wrong, sorry. 26 states could vote for Biden. And then Biden will be duly, properly elected as president. That is it, is it, is it majority or is it two-thirds? I think it's majority. If Trump gets 26 out of the 50, then Trump is duly elected. That is a fair process. That is a transparent process. There's debates. It's each one, it opens up. If there's an objection, there's two hours worth of debate and blah, blah, blah. There, there is a process. There is a holy process in which we can become 
whole again as a country. We can say, you know what? We ha, Let's just say half. Let's say half the country believes that this election was bullshit. The other half says, no, it was righteous. Okay, well, we're having a family feud right now. Guess what? We have a way in which we can say, you know what? Scrap it. Forget it. Fine. If we can't agree on it, then fine. Pence does not certify those electors. You put it back down to the House of Representatives and let the House of Representatives elect the president. Each state gets a vote and let's see who wants who to win. And it's damn close. Some people are, oh, it's a, it's a shoe in for Trump. No, it's not. Because there are some Republicans in some states that are not happy with Trump. So it's not, it's, it's, it's not Pence, you know, hijacking this. No, it's not. It's adherence to the process. And it puts faith back in the process. That's what I want people to understand. We, if we start going down the road of socialism and ends justify the means, and I, and I say that interchangeably because so many people, they're like, oh, it's not, I'm not, I'm not voting for socialism. I just don't want, I just don't like that man. I just don't like this. I just don't like that. Okay. Okay. That's fine. But if you're going to run your life by ends, justify the means someday you're going to get burned. A government big enough to give you everything that you want is strong enough to take everything you have. And I know it sounds like a cliche, but it happens over and over through history. Come on. There's too many people, too many books, too many lecture series, too many videos, too many movies. There's too many examples over history from Rome and China and Russia and Germany. It does... This is how human nature works. This is how the progressive ideology mindset works. This is the progression of society in this, when it embraces this ideology of ends justify the means. It's dangerous. And you say, oh, you're a sportsman. You should stay with sportsman stuff. Okay, allow me to then. Because you want to, you want to, you, okay, fine. You want a progressive ideology. You want people to just, you know, I believe this and I'm going to vote for somebody who believes that and is going to just make it done. I want somebody to just decree with a pen and make it happen. Just like the sportsmen's groups in Colorado wanted for our governor. No, we do not want you to go to the legislature because we know the legislature won't pass it. We want to have a meeting with you, governor, because we want to lobby you, governor, to make a stroke of your pen, one and only your your pen and we want you to choose I don't know uh cap and trade legend we, we want you to come up with a, a state policy that's going to tax our oil and gas and at the pump at the gas at gas station during your heating bills your air conditioning bills your water heater we want the governor with a stroke of a pen to just enact this massive tax put it on everybody and then so we so our little pet project might be able to be funded what was your pet project? So that I can still have all five of my PhD students that 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 went underwater basket weaving degrees and and then became that they wanted to do environmental work so that they can sit there and, and research the research that somebody else did with read. I'm and I and I've I've used this example a couple times now. I, I, that, ladies and gentlemen, that's not that's not an exaggeration. I'm I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. There, there were organizations that literally wanted to use the new USGS data center uh, that was that was just recently built, compiles all sorts of information. These people wanted millions of dollars 
to fund their organization so that they could have their employees, researchers, what do you want to call them, do research. Looking at other people's research that compared research. They weren't going to do a damn thing other than do just sit there and look at other people's work. Are you freaking kidding me? You want to tax the state of Colorado egregiously so you can fitter around in a freaking office building somewhere behind a computer and it does nothing to build resiliency on our habitats, our waterways, our elk, deer, fish, bird populations, are you, are, are the health of our forests and, and trying to make sure that our forests don't burn to the ground every year. Oh, guess what happened in 2020? Oh, that's right. Huh? Maybe we could have been doing focusing on things that would move the needle towards better forest health rather than sitting there arguing about what can we do with research over research on research. Take a step further. You want you want a progressive governor? You, you like the idea of of someone who's a progressive liberal that 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 just is going to get things done? Guess what? They get to they get to appoint uh, wildlife commissioners. They get to appoint the directors of the agency if they do. I mean, hell, I was involved with getting one fired. So if the process works, there might be a righteous way of, of going through candidates, but they don't have to. The, the, the governor can just go flat out appoint whoever he wants. And so say you want a, a very uh, uh, liberal progressive governor because, you know, that's how you get stuff done and justify the means. Okay, guess what? The world is run by those who show up. Who shows up? Those who don't want to leave you alone. Those that are Karens in the world that just want to go around setting brush fires in the minds of the people, just like, ah, this is what needs to happen. This, 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 and this, this. And they have, and if they have money, that means they have lobbyists. If they have lobbyists and they have money, well, guess what? You're a friend of the politician because those politicians want to stay in office. Guess what? You have lobbyists and money influencing those progressive individuals. That they will do things at a stroke of a pen. And so if the environmental group decides that they, you know what, we, we, we got ourselves a, uh, a progressive governor now, a, a, a governor that believes in the ends justify the means that, that they can do whatever the hell they want. Well, guess what? As, as long as we can lobby him uh, successfully, um, we're just going to, we're just going to go ahead and, uh, I don't know, put links on the landscape. We're going to go ahead and, uh, we'll run a ballot initiative and, and we'll get, we'll, we'll work everybody into a frenzy and, and we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll push wolves. In, in the state. And guess what happens when you pull, push wolves in the state? We, we absolutely could have a scenario. This is what I'm, one thing that I'm worried about is <clears throat> now that you have this process and we can talk about the wolf issue in a diff- different podcast, but okay. So now we have the mandate that we are supposed to have wolves in the state. There's nothing saying that, and, and given the fact that the predator people are so vehement in Colorado uh, and so rabid about pushing their agenda, I wouldn't have a, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me in the least if all of a sudden you have a stroke of a pen DNR CPW or just the governor's office saying okay well the wolves are going to get put into here we're going to try this so well we we need to we need to restrict the impact of you know disturbance in this area so um we're no longer going to issue tags elk tags and deer tags uh, for these game management units this year because we can't have humans in the landscape uh, disturbing this wolf reintroduction area. We need to let the wolves, you know, 
take up residence and find sanctuary there and, and develop themselves and start to establish their pack in this area. And we've heard it with the Upper Eagle River uh, elk herd. In the study there, everybody's saying that, that recreation is causing negative impacts to elk recruitment. Well, you, you take an apex predator that does not like to be around people, um, was to say they wouldn't just say, okay, well, the wolves are going to be here or the wolves are going to be put in here or uh, uh, encouraged here. Well, we just can't have the human disturbance. So um, stroke of a pen by Department of Natural Resources and the Wildlife Agency, uh, there is no elk season in this area. There is no deer season in this area. That that game management unit, or, or how about this, the DAU, the three or four game management units in this area, well, we really can't afford to have the disturbance in that area during the fall and the winter in those critical months uh, when the, the wolves are trying to establish and, and, and the elk are... So we're just not going to have a hunting season in there for a couple years. Stroke of a pen, that absolutely can happen. You know what? Uh, the, the wolves have moved into this area and... Um, and quite honestly, it's the middle of the winter and it's a very stressful time period. And so, you know, based on safety, you know, what we've learned through 2020 and COVID and where, you know, we really all had to make a collective sacrifice and, and really shut down businesses and social distance and everybody had to wear a mask. And I mean, we, we saw that, you know, that's acceptable and that's what we really need to do for, for the best interest of the public. Well, in the case of these wolves, you know, it is the winter time and it's a very stressful time for elk and it's a very stressful time for the wolves. So, so really, we all need to, as a community, as a state, you know, for the betterment and for the, you know, the, the state elected to have wolves established and for the betterment of the, the interests of the state, you know, we really can't have a lot of recreation going on in the winter up here. So quite honestly, we really need to, to uh, we're not going to allow the ski resorts to run uh, at capacity. Uh, we're going to, we're, we're going to limit uh, ski resorts can only run at 25% capacity uh, three days a week. And oh, by the way, you're not allowed to do cross-country skiing anymore because that's off trail. These are areas that are away from the organized populace. Those are really disruptive and and disturbing. So no more cross-country skiing in these winter uh, recreation areas. It's just going to cause too much of a disturbance. Um, Also, no snowmobiling. Um, You know, on the federal grounds, because the federal government manages the habitat in these areas where the wolves are uh, to be relocated. Uh, Now, if we have, you know, Biden... Uh, and, and Harris in, and and they appoint a very left-leaning environmental uh, Department of Natural Resources, Department of Agriculture fo- folks that are overseeing these federal agencies. I can absolutely see where they say, you know what? Given the fact that the the state of Colorado mandated that these wolves be reintroduced, reintroduced, and um, because you know wolves are on, you know, we we disagree with the fact that the, you know all these litigations and and they're trying to delist the wolf and and all these other things. We we believe the right wingers, you know, really forced a bad policy and, and by arguing to delist, delist the wolves. So we're going to go ahead and, and list them again, or we're going to provide additional protections. And because of that, uh, because these wolves are utilizing federal lands, uh, we're just going to have to say that for the time being, for the near, for the foreseeable, we're going to shut down these public lands, uh, these forest service lands, these BLM lands, because um, we really can't have the disturbance in there impacting these species. Yeah, tell me that doesn't happen. Has it happened yet? No, but could it happen? Absolutely it could. You, you, and you want to argue with me? Go ahead and argue with me. You want to argue with me? Then let's go revisit the Colorado roadless rule, shall we? And watch what happened right there. Where a select group of special interest groups that were sportsmen, that were a lot of sportsmen, 
went and hijacked a righteous process that did that that came up with the best freaking public land best federal and state land management cooperative ever ever done in the history of freaking cooperative conservation land use planning completely hijacked it because of their own special interest and shut down hundreds of thousands of acres of forest for things that could have significantly benefited wildlife, significantly benefited hunting, hunting recruitment, hunting retention. You sit there and you're going to sit there and tell me that you are worried about the future of hunting. You're worried about the fact that we don't have more hunters coming in. That we're not retaining the hunters. But then you're going to you're going to go and you're going to choose politicians, you're going to choose policies that further exclude and further limit and further restrict and, and we're supposed to recruit people in that no way no way these things have freaking ramifications elections have hey your guy all you left all my liberal friends out there listening that are still <laughs> kudos to you if you're still listening i love you i will shake your hand you can spit on it before you shake but I, I will i will still shake your hand obama said elections have consequences he said that from a uh, from a standpoint of wielding a hammer basically it was a piss off i can do whatever the hell i want because elections have consequences it was a vindictive statement against his quote-unquote enemies. But he's right. He's absolutely right. They do have consequences. And the problem that I'm seeing in society today is so many people that are willingly, they're, they're willfully choosing to ignore things that are right in their face, that they know are wrong, but just lie in opposition to what they want. They are choosing to live a lie. They're choosing to want to believe a lie. They're choosing, they, they want to, they, they don't care what the ramifications are. They want their way. They want what they want, damn it. And I'm going to choose to vote for people, policies, and behaviors. I'm going to um, and vote for behaviors by your pocketbook, who you follow, who you click on, who you like, who you engage, who you get, all that. You get the you 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 have the choice to influence people that you believe in or or promote, I should say. If you're gonna promote the ideology of ends justify the means and not recognize and look at what the long-term costs could be or are likely to be. then you are literally setting us all up for failure. And this is where I do... Right now, I've, I've, I've been struggling back and forth between this. I remember growing up as a kid, listening to people talk about the Blue Dog Democrats. And the, the Republicans and Democrats are, are, are battling back and forth in Congress or whatever. And they're talking to these Blue Dog Democrats. I don't. I, I, at the time, I didn't understand all of it, and I, to this day, still, I didn't. I'm, I'm not going back into the '80s politics and, and ripping it all apart and understanding it. But what I what I come to understand is, back in the day, you had Americans that were on the right side of the spectrum with an R behind their name, 
and you had Americans that were on the left side of the spectrum that had a D behind their name. And they were Americans that believed in the Constitution, that believed in the process, believed what this institution of the United States is and why it was founded and how it was founded and what it could do and, and the power and the influence and the benefits that it could it could produce for not only the, the citizens of the country but also around the globe. And they argued about policy based on what the Constitution would allow and what it could do and what we should do morally. And, and, and the arguments... The arguments were heated. The arguments were on two opposing sides and ideology of what they wanted to do. But by and large, there was a, a much greater understanding of this is for the United States within the framework of the United States for the under the Constitution of the United States. I don't see that anymore. And if you... Some of you are are on the left side of the spectrum politically. You don't want Trump. I get it. Hey, fine, whatever. And you just want anything but Trump. Just get him the freaking hell out of the office. Okay, fine. But I look at that like saying, I don't want a runny nose. I'm sick and tired of my runny nose. I don't want this freaking snot running all over my face because around the world, everybody sees the, the face of the United States and there's this snot bucket out front just slobbering snot all over the place and everybody just sees snot, 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 snot all over the face of the United States because this freaking orange man piece of crap snot bucket is just out there dribbling all over the face of the United States. We want to get rid of this freaking runny nose. Just cut the freaking nose off. That's what it seems. It seems like some of my sportsmen... friends and, and colleagues and it just seems like so many of you are willing to cut your nose off despite your face trust me I don't like the runny nose I don't but 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 we can take a course a different course of action and and get that freaking healed up but in my opinion there needs to be a righteous process by which to do that not just choosing a ends justify a means if you're if you're willing to cut your nose off to spite your face, that's fine. You can do that. But you don't have the right to do that to me. I don't believe that. You don't have the right to tell me what I have to do. I don't believe that. And so this is where it becomes tricky for me because I do believe everybody has a right to say what they want to say. They do. That's the First Amendment... That's what the Constitution says. Listen, I'm the guy that I, I, I was criticized by some fellow veteran friends of mine. That there's people that absolutely hate pe- seeing people uh, stand, you know, stomp on the flag, burn the flag, uh, piss and shit on the flag. I understand. I don't like it either. And if I, I, I think if I was around somebody that was wanting to do that, <coughs> I really don't know what I would do because. It is their constitutional right under free speech to do that. It is. The Supreme Court has already said it. It's their right. I don't like it. I probably would intervene. I'd probably snatch it. I'd grab it or whatever. But I, I but I, I, 
I'm not going to say that they got to go to prison. I'm not going to go beat them up over it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to kill them over. It. I'm not going to, my value set is my value set there. Your value set is your value set. We should be able to explore the ideas between those two and try to come up with some, uh, 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 coalition, but coalescence, but if your ideology is one to put me under your subjugation, submissive to your ideology to where I am obligated to acquiesce to every emotional whim that you have and 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 you're going to affect my ability to to communicate you're going to impact you're going to affect or or restrict who I can associate with you're going to uh restrict on what I choose to do with my body oh hell don't even get me going on this vaccine crap because you're going to sit there on your left hand side you're going to say my body my choice Oh, oh, let's have that conversation. Let's have that conversation. Because with abortion, it's not your body. It's a baby. It's a baby. But it's a woman's body. She gets to choose, right? That's what you say. She gets to choose. Her body, her choice. Her body, her choice. Guess what? My body, my choice. I get to say what goes in my body. If you're going to sit there and tell me I can or cannot run my business, you're going to sit there and tell me I can or cannot go to church, or I can or cannot say certain things, or I I have to... If you are going, if your ideology is one that is going to oppress me and reduce the amount of liberty that I have in my life, and it's going to erode the bedrock foundation of the ideology that I have, which is the Constitution of the United States, then no, I do not support you. And I will go to battle with you on the on the, the battlefield of idea, ideas. And if I need to go to Congress again, if I need to go back to the state legislatures again, if I need to go get involved with sports and politics again, I will. But you're damn sure not going to count me as a friend. I'm sorry. No. If you want to come at me viciously to take things from me that I hold extremely dear, I'm not saying you're coming at me disagreeing with me. I'm not saying you're, we're not going to argue. I'm not saying we're not going to fight. We're, and we might get mad at one another. That's fine. I will still count you as a friend. But if you're going to go down the line in the, in the direction where you're actively going to, through corruption, coercion, bullshit, engage in activities that are going to ultimately subject me to a lesser amount, more oppression, more government oversight, and, and less liberty and freedom. No way. No way in the world are we going to be counted as friends. No. No. I'm, I'm, I'm not. And so I understand. If if that's something that is a, a game changer, it is It is what it is. It, it is what it is. But the thing is this, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll start to close with this. I know this is long, I, I, and I apologize. I knew it was going to be. It's, it's been like this every other time. You have the freedom of association. You get to choose to who you want to associate with. You do. You get to you get to choose who you want to spend your money with. You do. You should. You have the right to. At least now, you still have that right, and I want you to have that right. And I want you to exercise that right. But the other thing that I was watching in the sportsman community is this: so many damn people, so damn scared to speak up and say something because they're worried about their pocketbook. The number of private messages. If you look at my look at my social media, look at some of the posts that I've been doing lately and how popular they've been. They're more popular than some of the posts I've done about habitat improvements, about behavior. Again, I was 
I was stopped in my tracks, mired down in 2020. And I didn't know how to move forward because I was just, I just couldn't get my head around. It seemed to me that the Titanic was sinking and all of us were just sitting around there shuffling deck chairs. And I'm watching the sportsman community. It's almost like they're actively, actively passive. Does that make sense? I mean, it's like they're actively ignoring. They're actively just trying to to, to do something innocuous. Just to be out there, but just safe. I'm going to post another picture of my bootlaces because uh, these things are great. I'm going to post another picture of me out here. I'm out here hunting and and here's a a beautiful grasslands with a a beautiful sky. Uh, Yeah. It just seemed like over 2020, there were so many people actively trying to not be engaged. But then as soon as somebody did, oh my freaking hell, it was a relief. Everybody would pile on and be like, oh, thank you for saying something. I can't tell you the number of DMs that I have, the number of text messages that I've got, private messages that I've got, all the likes and everything. People are like, fuck, oh, thank you for something. And this is, okay, this is what I experienced my entire political career in Colorado. I would go to a meeting and the meeting would have 300 people in the room and they would ask for public input. And all the progressive ideology sportsmen's groups would stand up and they would give their input. And then I'd sit there and, and I'd, I'd, I'd look around. And then, oh, oh here's, one, here's one group that, that has 27 members that uh, are generally aligned on the, the more conservative side of the spectrum. They'd, they'd stand up and they'd kind of give some mealy mouth, you know. Not, no, 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 sorry. That, that, that was wrong. That was wrong. Not mealy mouth. Um, timid. Um, unsure, incohesive um, testimony because they didn't, they, they, they're, they're out of their comfort zone. They, they, they're not the ones to get up and stand and talk in front of people. They're not ones to go to a public meeting and, and it got them out of their comfort zone because again, process oriented. That's why we have agency folks. That's why we have uh, other people doing other things for us because we don't want to be involved. We, we, we elect a, a delegate or we allow a delegate to go to a public meeting for us and carry our voice for us. Uh, and somebody else goes out there and argues for us because you know what? I, I got, I got work to do. I, I've got my family and I, you know what? I, this is my ideology and I, I'm, I don't really want to, I'm, I don't want to go out there and just kind of, you know, ram my ideology down someone else's throat, but I will support someone who wants to carry my message. I would show up to those meetings and I would engage, engage. All right. This person said that that's incorrect because on this date and that time, this is not what happened. And then actually the discussion was this, and here's the notes that say that. And if you want, I'll play it back to you. Cause I recorded the session. I recorded the, the, the meeting and this is what the person said. This is what they've done. No, oh, by the way, they say they were, they represent X number of people. Um, I'm a member of that organization and no time did the leadership of that organization pull its membership to find out what the membership wanted. 
So that person is standing up here saying they represent this particular organization? No. My experience talking with the other people that are sitting behind me in this room, they they are representing a small minority of the people that they actually, that they count as friends, that, that is on their own little group. It's the, it, I always call it the Council of Dictators. Some of these organizations are run by boards of directors that never engage their membership, and they own, the boards of directors only do what the boards of directors want to do. It's a Council of Dictators. And so I would get up there and actively stand up and articulate and defend a position, a more constitutional, conservative-minded position. The number of people that would just swap me after the meeting Shaking my hand and, oh my God, thank you for speaking up. Thank you for taking, but thank you. Why? There's a reason why anytime you innovate, anytime you are a business leader or in a leadership position anywhere, you're the one, well, in, in innovation in business, they talk, they call about the leading edge. You, we want our, our business to be out on the leading edge of technology. It's also called the bleeding edge. Why? Because you stick your head out into a society that isn't ready for what you bring, they're going to slash your face off. They're going to cut your throat. You're the one that's going to take the blunt, the damage. You're the one that's going to take the blows. The rest of everybody else is behind you, but you're the one that's going to stick your neck out and speak. That mouthpiece, that front man or woman, is the one that takes the brunt of everything. So there's a lot of people that don't want to do that, but they will get behind that person that speaks that way. The thing that has frustrated me with this sportsman community is, is the number of people that will actively not participate, that literally actively remain passive. I mean, like to the nth degree where they just, I was this man. I actively did not get involved when, when several years ago, when we were talking about the, uh, the public land grab and, you know, we defend our, you know, public landowner and blah, blah, blah. I hate that freaking term. I hate it. And I have a direct experience with a lot of those organizations that were involved with some of that crap. And I disagree with them vehemently, politically. Some of what they're saying is true. A lot of it was bullshit. And a lot of the, the conversation was being skewed to manipulate people into buying memberships and supporting a, a message that was not getting sent up to Washington. A completely different message was. And you didn't even know it because you didn't get yourself involved and no one was there to stand up and defend you. I'm guilty because I actively, passively, sat, actively remained passive and I did not engage in a conversation because I was scared of what I was going to do to my business. And I'm freaking guilty and I'm freaking ashamed by it. Because some of you spent money on organizations and memberships to organizations and you got behind a movement that was bullshit and you didn't know it was bullshit because no one like me stood up and told you it was bullshit. And I should have stood up and told you it was bullshit. And I didn't. is a new year, my friends. Chrissy's going to start talking.